Good, Stacky. Hey. I love how your friend was like, I'm not in here for influencers. I'm here for my friend, Jackie. I'm like, how how much of a friend are you? Call me Jackie. Yeah, I'm like dying, bro. I couldn't even. I was like, oh, did he just call her Jackie twice? He just got done talking about how much of a friend they were? Yeah, people don't like to hear the truth. Hey, you've been marketed too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. I was like, damn, this, I don't know. People are just funny. They say, they say dumb shit sometimes. He was all, he was decentralization, non-decentralization. He was all over the place. Let's let everybody know the room open. I didn't drag him to the other room. Because <laughs> I put five o'clock. I got to put this link on the, um, tell everybody we in here. Huh? Oh, good. I'm going to start sending it out, too. Mary Beth, Mary Beth. Hello. What's up? What's up? How's it going? Oh, it's going. It's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put five o'clock on the darn uh thing and then had five thirty on the Twitter space. It was the weirdest thing. I'm like, hey, I don't, I shouldn't work in half hours because that's just it just doesn't happen right. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. I mean, the, the people are out there. There's so many Twitter spaces going. It, it always surprises me the amount of time people can spend, you know, on Twitter in spaces. <laughs> Oh, well, well, uh, you ne- you haven't met me yet. <laughs> you gotta look at, if you look at my pin post, it's literally every every spaces that I do every week. Yeah, Staggy's in more spaces than I, I've seen. She's she's definitely. Wait, wait, what joke did you say? What's the joke you said? <laughs> I said you got more spaces than a Chick Fil A on Sunday. <laughs> It's hilarious. But hey, everybody, Fashion Friday today. Come on. Sweet out the room. You know the rules. Get your people in here. We're talking about fashion. This is something that everybody loves. Everybody can, can be a part of. You know? So go ahead and tweet out the room. Maybe. Maybe music. Maybe. Maybe music. We've got Mary Beth. What's up, Mary Beth? What's up, everyone? Mary Beth Paul is here. Super excited for some fashion. Fashion talk. I'm dying. <laughs> Mary Beth, I love having you in like every one of my spaces because you're like one of the only people that could just talk about everything. Let's see. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, I tooted your horn a little bit. Let's get me see some music. We get turned up. While we while we tweet out the room, while we tweet out the room, I'm a music head. I love music. A little bit about me: all types of music, all types of music. Listen, you name it, I probably listen to it. Listen, uh, so I was introduced to like Viking metal one year, and I actually 
like one of those uh, dance. <laughs> Viking metal, yes. The hell is Viking metal? It's like like they dress up like Vikings and they start to. It's I think it's uh it's like a a kind of nor like what's that Norris Nordic 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 Nordic. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, thank you. It's like a Nordic type metal. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I mean, I've heard some of that. Like I I can vibe with some um. I, it's the weirdest thing. I don't speak Icelandic at all. But um, Icelandic hip hop can go pretty hard. Like they, you know, they, they got some flow. You know, <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna check it out. See, I didn't, I didn't check out the hip hop, but you know, I definitely will check it out. I love music. Yeah, no, I, I think that's the beautiful thing about music is that no matter like what language it's in, if you can vibe to it, you know it's good. Like they're they're doing something right, even if you don't understand like what they're saying. You know. Jackie, you DJing over there, or what's going on? I'm dying. No, no, stop calling me Jackie. <laughs> I'm going to see how many times I can do it now. Oh, my God. Someone called me Jackie in the, in the last space, like, over I'm, and over that's, again. That's your new name. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. All right, we got to get some people in here, y'all. So let me go in and uh, keep in their DMs one by one now, because at this point, they're late. <laughs> At this point, did Matt make this mix for you? No, listen, oh, okay. I'm I probably made the, the uh mix for Matt. <laughs> I listen, I'm the old head. All right, on the first night, is this Monica? Yes, it is. I'm trying not to play this, I'm trying to play something else because we start to listen to this song, it's just kind of weird. Let's read Janet Jackson. Jackson, if you nasty. Velvet Rope. Rhythm Nation. I like.
know, you know, people are bougie when they gotta, you gotta, they wait until you request them up to come up. That's how bougie man is. You know, you come into an audience. You ever go into an audience? You see like one of your friends in the, at the top, like as a speaker, and you're like, "Bitch, I am not requesting up because you are gonna bring me up," and that's just it. It's like that's mad. Right I now. did request. <laughs> I just have the crappiest service. It keeps literally dropping me out. So if I like <laughs> fall out and then come back, I'm sorry. It's alright, I know, I know. We know how busy you are. But feel free, I mean, even if some new people come up and uh, request up there, that is fine with me. You know, I would like to get to know some new people. I hate echo chambers. You know, there are a lot of people in this space I would like to get to know. You know, especially if you're into fashion. I believe that, I mean, it's the fashion community. We're the first people here in the fashion space. So, you know, uh, I mean, come on, mingle. For real. But um, I'm going to go ahead and turn it down a little bit because Jan is a little late here. But we got enough people in here if you ask me. Thank you for that. Janet intro, by the way, Janet Jackson was my very first concert. So I just want to let people know that Velvet Rope Tour. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I have to, I mean, Janet, she's an icon. So she's definitely important, <laughs> especially to me. Um, the first time I even heard of a concert was a Janet Jackson concert. So yeah, she's very important. But anyway, welcome you guys to Fashion Friday. Today, we're going to be talking about fashion futurism and fashion technology. So I'm such a fucking, uh, ooh, F word. I'm such a uh, futuristic nerd, right? I like futurism. I like everything in the future. And I just couldn't wait for clothing from the future to come out. Like, I wanted clothes to look like, remember Back from the Future, the damn sneakers? I forgot what they're called. Because <laughs> I actually looked at the price of them a couple years ago, and then they re-released them. It was crazy. But um, I wanted, like, clothing to look like that by now, and I'm kind of sad. So at this point, uh, we need to be doing our absolute due diligence to make sure that clothes look like, you know, either it looks like a damn uniform, like we're going out with the same outfit on, or at this point, we need to have some damn lights on our shoulder pads. So uh, I'm going to give this to Clubhouse real quick so he can take it from here. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> you throw that on me. What do you, I got a question for you, though. When you say, when you say fashion futurism in terms of what do you ideally see Jackie or uh, man and I'm gonna call you Jackie for this last year so so what do no no seriously though what do you think is the future (laughs) of fashion like when you see an outfit in your mind what do I see oh so first of all I'm like a super minimalist right my daughter's suit came out geez but I'm like (laughs) at the same time but I'm a super like minimalist so I want to I want the uniform Okay, don't bleed on me. But I want the uniform situation. Like, I really, I really want the, the like everybody's in uh, the same outfit. Like, I promise you. <laughs> so, like a gray kind of jumpsuit situation. Is that weird? Come on, Tom Brown. Like prison <laughs> colony style. Like, what are we talking say. here? And it's like sustainable, and it, it like it shit. You might be able to go out in radiation with it. I don't know, but okay, um, not Tom Brown. <laughs> so maybe Tom Brown, like you said, but definitely, uh, definitely Tom Brown. Definitely, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like by, that's, by that's, the way, Stacky, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about that jacket that Michael J. Fox is wearing, where he pushed the button 
and it automatically dried and fit him. That's what you're talking about, right? All of that stuff, yes. And it could be not all that design. stuff. We just need that because if we get that technology built in, then we will never have to figure out what size anybody is anymore. Size will be taken care of. That's what will make that so great. And it's good to see you and, of course, my dear friend James and Matthew. How's everybody doing today? What's going on, Nathan? How are you, good sir? I'm I'm hanging in there. It's been it's been tough, as you know, but um, I'm just trying to find uh, healthy distractions to get through it. There's no uh, there's no guidebook um, to get through grief, so I'm simply doing my best uh, to to get through it all. So yeah, yeah, and that you know, I there is no guidebook, right? There's no there's no right or wrong way to get through it. Everybody gets through. Um, difficulties, no matter what that might be in their own way. Um, so, you know, I usually just try to give people space. It's good to see you, though. I'm glad that you're up here. Yeah, I can't stay that long. I really just came because I, I, Stacky knows I love her. And you know I love you, too. And I give a quick shout-out to uh, Mary Beth, who's up here, too. I see she's a uh, fantasy football champ, and um, I could probably take her down this coming season. And um, I also see she's a St. Louis Cardinals fan. And I know that um, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, Mr. Goldie, is going to win the NL MVP. So I'm pretty psyched about that, too. But it's nice to meet you, Mary, as well. It's Mary Beth, first of all. And <laughs> are you a Yankee fan? Where is that accent from? Are you a Mets, Nets, Jets I, person? I used, to, I used to be a Yankee fan. But now I'm a fan of whatever team is going to make me the most money and win the World Series. Which is probably going to be the Astros. So oh, yeah, you're one of those. Okay, just bandwagon. Listen, listen, what? Tell her about that. Your favorite hockey team. Go. Say it again. Your favorite hockey team. Go. Go. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing that today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm not even talking about my favorite football team. That's that. The, the, these these are off limits. I've learned. I've learned that when I come into spaces, do not talk about your favorite teams or literally the worst and of, of the worst possible. And um, it's like when people ask me, what's your favorite football team? I say they're worse than the Jets. And everybody's response is, well, who could be worse than the Jets? Exactly. My point, my, my, my point exactly. Um, but quickly, I wanted to get back to um, um, uh, fashion quickly. Uh, but Mary Beth, I will message you. Um, and that is, you know, I always thought that by now, Stacky is right. By now, we should have those those sneakers that you push the button and they automatically tight for you, um, lace for you, or the the jacket that you push the button and automatically gets your size right. But you know, Back to the Future taught us a lot. We we were promised flying cars by now, but I guess we have Twitter, so that's not a bad um, not a bad trade off, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's interesting, though. That's why I asked Jackie um, the questions. I, I do want to know what people think when they when they say kind of fashion, fashion futurism. Are they thinking, you know, crazy silhouettes or are they thinking advances in like textile and, and um, apparel technology? And for me, it's it's definitely the latter. Right. So you know, shoes that lace themselves. I mean, I'm pretty sure they already did develop that, that shoe. Um, it's obviously not mass, but they're working on things like that, like clothes that dry themselves. I'm interested in, you know, fiber optics that 
you could program with your phone, I could walk into an event wearing a red shirt and I could leave wearing a black shirt. That to me is really, that's like, and those are achievable things. Those aren't things that are like outlandish. So when we talk about fashion futurism, um, I often wonder, you know, what do people really think when, when they say that? Because we're fed a lot of things by movies. And, and I think Back to the Future probably hit it, hit it closest to home in terms of things that are achievable. Um, you know, flying cars aren't, aren't that far into the future and probably would be here today if it weren't for regulation and things that, that we've got to work out before we just allow cars to go flying around. And the same thing in, in certain technologies too, but fashion's no different, right? So I I think I would love to start seeing clothes that you could program with your phone to change color um, or, or even perhaps change silhouette in, in certain ways. Um, I think things like that are really interesting to me and I, and I think they're achievable. Um, but let's go around the hands. And first off, uh, we've got people in, in the audience that, you know, I see Matt Germain, um, which if you don't know Matt, you should get to know him. He's doing something really cool in the, in the sneaker world. Um, and just a lot of familiar faces, big bucks, rip, uh, Mike, what's going on, Rook and, um, God, bad empire. Um, I, I see Miss clubhouse, my wife down there. And, and, uh, and I, I think Andy's behind Colt there. And anyway, I always like to just call people out. I appreciate you spending Friday with us. Matthew, what's going on? What do you what do you see as the future um, of where fashion can head in terms of um, the tech? One of the people that I always look to, especially where tech was involved or just sort of evolving what silk could even be, was Hussein Chilean and sort of the appropriation of sort of everyday objects becoming fashion or being able to really be a tactile artist maker when it came to creating how to fold fabrics or I remember one of his collections he had um, a certain way to not fabric to make it look like a fist gripping but it still allowed the fabric to drape and things like that that really elevate sort of the visual perspective but also make you dream like that to me I always find is fashion that and a bunch of ballroom fashion like looking at like the queer ballroom scene you're gonna see the craziest most like wonderful expressions of yeah it's that to me is one of my favorite sort of scenes to look at too is fashion yeah i i don't disagree with what you said and i i think anything that pushes the envelope moves the space forward especially if it's you know even if it's costume right that's that's um that's actually sometimes in my sense preferred i mean jackie brought up i think what was more like the island if you remember that movie where everything was like uniform um, I think that's interesting. I just, I hope we don't get to that. To me, that's, that's like, that's kind of, um, utilitarian, you know, th- things will be different for us if we ever get to that point. Um, but I but think you could have that. And then like AR could be like a crazy, wonderful thing that people would see around you. Like I'm down for a now that would be cool. suit if like AR around me looks really good. Yeah. If we're all walking around with, you know, if, if and an act that's interesting that you just said that because, if it's for the purpose of us all walking around with like AR glasses that would enhance the experience because that silhouette enables you to kind of build around it. That, that, that's, that's sick. Actually. I didn't even think about it that way. Catharsis, oh what's up? Yeah. No, no, I'm just on meeting. I'm so jacked up Matthew. Cause that was literally why I raised my hand earlier. I think 
that moving forward for the next 10 years, like AR is going to change the entire game. Cause you know, we've all seen at this point in time, the crazy, the, the amazing silhouettes that have come out, like the, the level of fashion that we're at, it, it's reached the level of sci-fi and craziness that, that is physically possible. Um, and so I think to your point, like the only way to go even further, uh, obviously there are materials that are going to be used that, you know, they're developing like hyper thin structurally sound graphites that are like a nanomillimeter thick that we're going to be able to create weird and crazy floating garments out of and stuff like that. Um, they're also, and we've had this tech for a couple of years, but like folding and, and flexible screens, which, um, I think if integrated properly and brought down to the right sizes, uh, to what you're talking about with the, uh, the LED strip, that changeable, you know, I, I think we're going to have clipping that is just a screen on us that we'll be able to program however we want to. Uh, but the real, the real thing is going to be AR because as soon as you can go above and beyond what's physically and really possible, um, that's when fashion can evolve to its like next state, I think, which will be like the fantastical and the the truly like beyond comprehension uh, creative wise and uh, i think we'll see a whole new wave of like digital artists become fashion artists which i think will bring a new perspective and a really interesting um competition into the space as well uh so i'm, I'm excited we're, we're trying to get into that right now we're in talks with ar teams so uh it's it's part of the vision here it's going to be big I I do I do think that AR is 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 kind of the the gateway drug to VR um, if if you ask me so I actually you know I know people are wanting to do the Ready Player One uh, we're all running around in crazy shit and 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 I get that and we'll get there like trust me but I think if we think in, in terms of reality and, and part pardon my French on that but if we think in terms of reality um, I I see a day a lot sooner than later where where the glasses, you know, the Google Glass was just terribly done, the original one. It's like, who, who did they think was going to walk around looking like that? I just, sometimes I think, I, I question who's behind some of these massive companies um, that, you know, hire these really smart people. Um, it's like, okay, great, that works, but who's going to, nobody's going to wear it. Um, and nobody did. So I, I think when that evolves into something we can walk around the mall and, and wear, we start to see all of these major corporations using AR as a form of advertising. And it becomes like, I forget what the movie was. I think it was iRobot or one of the movies where, you know, you're walking down. Minority Report. Minority Report, that's what it was. The ads understand your proximity to a wall where an ad can now be displayed and it's advertising to you the same way Facebook does. So we know that technology exists, the ability for an algorithm to figure out what you might want to see in the moment. And you're literally seeing different things in a storefront than the individual standing next to you that to me is really really interesting and and that's that's achievable right so we just need to get the technology in a place where where people will adopt it because that's been the major problem i think with um technologies is is missing the mark on adoption um a lot of this stuff is is here it's just you know nobody wants to use it because it's not it's not user-friendly or it's not attractive the contact lenses are almost ready. They have uh, tech demos of ones right now. I don't remember the company's name. There's, there's a few of them that are working on it, but uh, I know I've seen ones that are like almost functional, if not already partially functional. Let's yeah. go to, uh, when you finish, let's go to RDC Tart. I saw. No, no, no. I was, I was just gonna say, yeah, I, I agree. I, I saw you on that. Like, like, 
Stacky's always keeping me in check on this. Uh, RDC Tart, uh, come come on into the conversation. I want to throw you a curveball on shape memory alloy because I do intellectual property in oil and gas. And so originally shape memory alloy was like kind of industrial. And so my first application was putting some in the ground. So when it reaches a certain temperature, it becomes a certain shape. And so I used it in places where it was too hot for rubber, but if you construct it in a certain way, when it expands, it isolates things and specifically in geo geothermal applications, right? So it, it's too high for elastomeric contents, but, but in the fashion sense, depending upon which alloys you add to it, you could actually make some shoes that when the foot temperature and the sole got to a certain level, vents would open up, right? And you could start like, you could louver things in a specific, you know, specific like that. And, and metals can be a lot lighter than you think. I mean, there's there's certain setups for SMAs. That's what I'm going to call these shape memory alloys that you could make. I think the first guy that worked on it wanted to create island cities. And so you just send them out as a small box and then they up they unfold and then the surface tension they create keeps them afloat up to a certain PSI. And you could do a lot of stuff with that on the tech fashion side. Like you could make shoes that were regular shoes, but then when you wanted to run across the lake on them, for instance, you could create surface tension wide to do that based on whatever the like water temperature, like there's a couple different things that it would require to do it, but I don't think really anybody's exploring the shape memory alloy scene with, you know, with respect to its property, to its properties, but it, it may not be technologically advanced enough i don't know the, the first time i ever saw a crazy one a lady at mit had her project was when i first started doing it for the oil and gas side i followed this lady from mit who had created a tree that whenever you walked close enough to the branches they would, would weigh the breeze uh, based off your body heat right it was just to me that was just mind blown you know and so i, I don't know if anybody knows anything about smas but i think that would be just to hear some stuff on that would be nutty. Yeah, I don't I don't really know anything about SMAs, but I do know that there are fabrics that you can run electrical currents through that to, to get them to actually change shape um, that respond to that. And I, I think so so for those kind of and, and even SMAs, um, um, if that's what we're gonna call them, um, I, I think those types of advances in technology around fashion are, are more achievable and probably things that we would see sooner than later and, and sorry i'm bringing the uh, matthew's already up but by, by the way uh matt matthew's not being rude i, I just say so everybody knows he he is in east hampton his reception is terrible um i'm extremely jealous that he's been like walking around in a robe all day in east hampton chilling probably drinking wine um looking like the big lebowski doing his thing but anyway photos i'm <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but let's, let's continue around. Let's go to, to Dylan Rose, uh, Rosie, and then we're going to go up to, to Colt. What's going on, Dylan? Hey everyone. Um, I don't want to detract from the conversation and the flow. I just, when you guys started talking about AR, I work in the, uh, AR space for eyewear. And so if anyone wanted to side channel and chat about that, um, a lot of the things you were saying are definitely happening in there, probably even closer, uh, in some regards. So be happy to chat, uh, about no one's interested. You you don't need to feel like you're sidebarring anything. This whole thing is kind of just a flowing conversation on that. If you've got information that you want to share, I mean, 
Look, I think I think it's absolutely the next step, and like you just said, it's closer than we think. So, so I can't kind of think we're on target there. Any anything that you can share with us would be awesome. Yeah, I think uh, from what I've learned in four or so years, eyewear is an interesting one because it's a you can actually scan for the head is a lot more possible than like a full body scan that would enable custom clothing but you know 3d printed eyewear based on your specific measurements of your head things like that um, that doesn't really relate to the fashion sense but just having personalization and things that are really curated for the individual is certainly on the way and there's a lot of big companies um, doing that right now one in, uh, in i think they're in belgium called materialize big publicly traded company um does that today and so I, I think a lot of it too is going to be how it gets to the consumer and so as a business we're trying to figure out how will people consume ar what's a way that's friendly for them to do that and uh yeah it's been pretty cool yeah that's awesome and, and I, I and look it all i think it all relates to fashion to be really honest with you because um i i think a first of all, a we're obviously huge proponents of of, of fashion in, in Web three, right? Um, and and we feel like most of these companies will probably utilize the tech to um, enhance the consumer experience. Probably the best way to put it. I don't want to necessarily say delivering value, um, just enhancing the experience because some people see that as you know, as, as we know, when you're on Facebook, like the ads get annoying. But at the same at the same token. Um, it really is going to enhance the experience because I'll tell you one thing, if I walk into the mall and, and I, I do get that experience where I'm seeing things for the first time that I, I've never really seen before and, 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 you know, windows change and whatnot, that could revive malls. And, and that's, so I think it all, it's all cyclical and, and circular in, in the way that it affects fashion. And, and um, I'm definitely here for it, but let's, let's kick it over to Colt. What, what's going on? Nothing much, but yeah, when I think of like, I guess like future in fashion, I mean, I, I'd say AR, you know, just because, you know, I think, uh, I don't even know the guy's name, but was just, the last guy I was talking was kind of just mentioning that, like I, like I can name quite a few that are doing AR, you know, like, I mean, you see it even with Snapchat filter, you know, like you've seen obviously what the new would artifact, um, like Nike hoodie you know, it's going to have like a QR code that's supposed to have some type of like AR like wings. We'll see what that looks like. You know, you have, you know, obviously the Colton rain, you know, with our, with, with the, our sneaker app that we kind of created with the, the AR to the AR shoe, um, you know, NFT NYC, you know, I went to the smiles verse like party and they had a whole like AR thing that you could do with your phone via Snapchat. So that technology is definitely there. People, right now like mass consumers are already used to using ar i think ar filters or at least filters because of snapchat and then whatever instagram has and and so like i think we are definitely getting there um and and i second again i, I think it, it might have been matthew i'm not sure who said it who or, or catharsis that that mentions you know just like yeah with the sci-fi designs and 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 all the 3d you know, like designs that you see just even on Twitter and what people are creating. So, and then you have like 3D printing. So people can kind of like 3D print, you know, some of this stuff. You may not be able to wear it, but you can see it physically. So I think as the technology is advancing and it advances to where consumers are like regular people are able to buy this stuff to experiment, we're going to see 
yeah, just like we're going to see more stuff and, and more of the bigger brands, you know, exploring these areas. So I just wanted to add that. I, I think you're right on target. Um, and you bring up the point of why I, I think it's, I could keep calling it the gateway drug to VR. It's because it's once everyone starts either, if it's a, if it's a contact lens or a glass starts utilizing the tech and kind of living, you know, one foot in one foot out to virtual and reality, um, it becomes an easier transition to start spending time in these environments because we're already kind of doing it um, in daily life, right? And that's that's what really interests me is when that starts happening, um, I, I think we start, we start to see adoption our, um, pick up. But until that starts, I, I just don't, I don't see us transitioning from here to there um, because it's there now and we're, and we're not doing it. I, I have an Oculus that sits on my, I'm like staring at it right now. Um, it just doesn't get used as much. It's cool. Um, but it's like, I don't have time for that shit. Um, pardon, pardon the expression, but it's just, it's crazy. Um, and I think it, it's going to take a minute. Um, let's go to Matthew and then we'll go, um, catharsis and then, um, why zone. I think one of the biggest keys is when <clears throat> talking about, uh, VR and how it's going to be applicable is looking at the youth's ad- adoption. It, it's like, it's going to be a while until we're all going to be wearing like go away green so that our like AR costume looks so much better under it or over it. Sorry. But when we're in the process now of that development, it's looking at the youth culture and the youth generation where they're putting their visual or their primary presence, whether it's a avatar or most of the time now it's like a quick TikTok. So you're going to have that usage much faster especially when so much of the youth generation is a derivative of wanting to have personal attachment or having that feel of intimacy with either their the celebrity or just the individual they're trying to watch or learn from and utilizing that kind of propulsion of where the youth is driving it and looking at how each migration kind of happens generationally Within that, you're going to have those kind of waves where you're going to see how the pocket's going to move. And, you know, like the whole VR experience is great, but I think it's very niche to a larger populace, whereas AR is more accessible to a larger swath and can be utilized to things like children's wear, where I always kind of look at it as like, that's a great solution to parents having to buy a ton of clothes that are brand labeled or whatnot that are fortune they grow out of them in a month it's like how do you then apply kind of the idea of how ar in a way can really transform that industry to enable children or parents to have the same kind of visual experience of showing off their kid in a cool outfit but not necessarily have to deal with the physicalized object yeah i mean you know what i think is interesting is is kind of going back to what I what I was talking about before and I, and I guess the silhouette definitely plays into this is whether or not silhouettes will have an effect on how people actually start dressing if these filters become a thing right because the filters don't work as as well if the silhouette's kind of wild already um but if it's basic then you can build on top of it so it's kind of funny what Stacky said in the beginning um now we come in full circle on on that that actually making a lot more sense um, from a utilitarian standpoint, right, in terms of the look. What's up? I thought my name was Jackie. 
I'm a stacky, jacky, snacky, snacky, whatever you want. I'm going to call you everything. I was in every room I'm in. Snacky. So I'm in <laughs> you gave Mary Beth ideas. Every time I hear Jackie, all I can think of is the Jennifer Williams move, Jackie's back, and it, it's it's a good feeling. I might have to call her Snacky from now on. I, I, I well, it's 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 Stacky Snackies is her. Isn't that your newsletter? Yeah, that's my newsletter. But you can call me that. Let me try that. Snacky. Yeah, it works. Not Matt getting rugged again. <laughs> But all right, let's go to some hands. I know, I know, some hands have been up for a while because we like to just keep the conversation flowing and going. So we got uh, Wait, young Stacky. I just want to say hi and bye. I gotta go, hey, guys. See? You know, I love you, girl. I'm so glad you could come, even if it's just your presence. So if you gotta go, feel free. Love y'all. Have a great Friday. Yeah, just her being up here is, is like it, I know. I feel like it's I'm worth a, every minute. I feel like I'm in a magazine just in her presence. So. There you go. There's that. But uh, young sneaks, young sneaks can go, and then our wonderful Colton Rain. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's a funny thing about Twitter Spaces is the the conversation moves much faster than you can get up and and, <laughs> and start adding to certain sections of it. Uh, I think it was a couple of speakers back where I threw up my threw up my hand. Uh, I, I, there was some discussion about 3D printing uh, being. Uh, a contributor in the in the fashion space and um I, I said you know perfect time to jump up and say you know that that's exactly uh what we're doing we're, we're using 3d printing uh, uh for our sneakers uh, specifically the midsoles you know obviously not the uppers uh but um um i i, I guess i just wanted to contribute that that aspect of it, you know, is that 3D printing uh, has really made it possible for smaller batches of sneakers to, to actually be produced. Um, you know, much of the much of the cost of, of manufacturing goes into the retooling uh, of the of the machinery that that actually produces the sneakers. Uh, and and 3, 3D printing goes a long way to sort of bypass that because it'll uh, essentially create the the form or the shape that you need. Um, you know, uh, whatever, you know, whatever's in the software, you know, there's no, there's no retooling, uh, that's actually necessary. Um, at, at least for, a, in our case with the midsoles, but, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's coming, uh, it makes uh, smaller batches, uh, affordable to, to produce and, um, and, uh, we're, we're making the best of it. So I have a question on that actually though. I love that though. Did you take, take a look at the sneaker? Yeah, well, yeah, that that this is why I have a question. And by the way, um, Master Man's up on stage now, and he's he's got a, a sneaker brand, Colton Rain. Said we got a bunch of sneaker uh, brands up on stage, which I love. Um, what's the turn time on the on the printable molds attached to an upper? Um, if someone was to order uh, one of those, like what what's your turnaround time on that? So um, I'll I'll put it this way: uh, when when we actually mint out the collection uh it's uh, over six thousand uh, that we're actually is the float of our collection um but we'll have all those uh delivered within three months of the mint uh for for six thousand six hundred and sixty six pairs um theoretically assuming that they're all claimed got it so so it's a it's a 90 day turn time on on the mole with with like a customizable upper yeah, and, and the reality is, it's is is it's actually a little faster than that. Um, you know, we 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 actually have three three separate 
um, sneaker designs, uh, Proto 1, 2, and 3. And, um, you know, if, if it were just one, it would honestly be a lot faster than that. Uh, so we, we were, um, it, it's sort of an uh, under-promise, over-deliver situation where, where we're sure we can, we can get them to, to people, you know, once they actually met and claim. Um, My guy's but, being humble, man. Like, he, he's designing this platform for other people to use. That's not just for him. It's like a way for artists to come in and make their thing and have a platform to push it. I think you're underselling yourself, man. They, they used to design the shoes for James Harden. I mean, I dug into it initially when I first saw him. Like, my guy's definitely underselling himself. He's making a platform for people to empower themselves and their own designs. I think that that might be the thing. That's my biggest thing about, you know, I mean, that's why I tagged him in the post. Like, it's not a, yeah, you got to be the pioneer, right? But but the the he's not trailblazing the space for himself. He's leaving a swath for creators to slide in and pick up and you know not make the same mistakes it's like literally the blueprint man that's why i just want to throw it real quick i really appreciate you you bringing that aspect up uh it's i mean really big picture i was just commenting on the 3d printing aspect but the we've got a lot going on uh mainly in terms of um putting ip to work you know there's there's a vast landscape of unutilized you know, commercial license enabled IP in the NFT space that, um, that frankly, 99% of people that own board apes that own uh, gutter cat gang or crypto mores are never actually going to put this stuff to use. Uh, so uh, making it easy for them and returning that value back to the owner of the IP um, and, and, and sneakers are just a beginning an example we're capable of. And we, we have um, collaborations with Sabet and Wicked Craniums. Um, actually, in the profile picture, that's a Tokyo sneaker that uh, we're going to be releasing in the collection. Um, just trying to uh, rope in some of the OG artists that have been in the space and, um, you know, put their IP to work. Yeah, I think I, I, I obviously think that that's um, a very interesting model. I mean, we do something very similar. I know a number of individuals do, and I agree. I couldn't agree with you more in terms of the unused IP that exists in the space that, that really presents an opportunity, right? Um, I think we see it all around us, and, and anybody that's attacked head on, um, I think, is, is right on target because, um, you know, there's a lot that will spin off of that in terms of, of, of brands and opportunities, um, in terms of partnerships and collaborations, et cetera. So, um, I think you're on target. I definitely think you're a pioneer among pioneers. Um, and that's that's absolutely kind of why we host these spaces anyway, because, you know, we want individuals like yourself, like Colton and like what Matt's doing with PFP World um, to kind of help and push this, the space forward. So please come back, um, share more as this continues to progress and grow. Colt, what's up? Yeah, no, I, I mean, gosh, there's a couple things I kind of wanted to, wanted to hit on. Um, so I'm going to hit on the most current. Um, yeah, like IP, please protect it. And that idea of this platform that, you know, that's being created um, sounds like it might be a patent, you know, like, so please do like, yeah, go find a lawyer and uh, get it registered. Because if you're creating something like that, I, I mean, I think you already know what the opportunities could, could be with licensing that type of software out to bigger brands or whoever you like to. Um, but, but yeah, the, the money's always in the IP. So please, please, uh, uh, for the sake of being an awesome creator, 
um, file that, get someone to file that patent for you. Um, yeah, I, I'm not that type of lawyer, so um, I, I, I don't do patents. So I'll say, but, but no, what, what I was going to like mention too, as we were talking about like the gateway, we were talking about AR before, and then, you know, like now like 3D printing, but I think the other um, thing is going to also be just experiential, like retail. So I'm talking about you kind of go into like a fashion store and, you know, it's not just sneakers, it's just not clothes, but that they have some type of, whether it's a VR or AR or some type of setup, you know, that makes it more, I don't know, just makes it a more intimate, you know, experience for the, I'm going to say cons for the customer, because that's what people are, <laughs> consumer slash customer. Um, I like, I, I know that there is a, um, there's an Italian designer and, and I mean, I'm, I'll be in New York in a couple of weeks. So I have to visit this place to see how they're doing it and, and what they're doing, but it, it's supposed to be some, it's not metaverse, but I think you might create your own NFT. It's something. And it's a, I mean, if you Google, like, I, I guess like NFT Italian designer, I, I don't remember the name of the designer. It's not like Balenciaga or something. It's another um, Italian brand, but essentially like they've, or doing some type of like virtual store, but in a physical store, I think we're going to see more of those. I know Nike's created some type of like store like this in, in Korea in Seoul. Um, and then obviously, you know, I'm, I'm you know, going to mention, you know, like Colton rain and, and what we did in London um, where, you know, just kind of just an example of what that type of store, you know, would look like you, you kind of have like the sneakers you know, like, or yeah, for us, you, you have a sneak of the sneakers, you know, physical sneakers where you can come in and buy the physical sneakers if you want, or just kind of look at them on display, but do the purchase, you know, via like, yeah, via a, a VR setup that we have um, and, and kind of kind of test the shoes out via AR. I think the more, I, I think as we kind of move toward that direction, which I think you're going to see more retailers doing because it keeps people in the stores. I mean, why do people like to stay in the Apple store? Because you're kind of like trying out, you know, like, yeah, like their tech. And so if we can kind of make that a cool experience, you know, for, for fashion, um, I, I, I think that's going to be another quick way to onboard people. And also mm -hmm. with the tech now, it's a, some, it, it, it's possible right now. So I think that's also going to be interesting to see more of. Go ahead, Matt. Thanks. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a great point. First of all, happy Friday to everybody. Peace and blessings. Fascinating conversation. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Colton Rain is right. Uh, forgive me for not knowing your name and props to everything that you guys are doing. Um, what we what we saw with, with uh, the death of the boutiques across the world is like that there was no real forum for, for fashion futurism. So if you were into fashion futurism, like me and, and like others, traditionally, there was probably about six stores in the world, <laughs> you know, like six to 20 stores where you could find future forward uh, brands that were able to tell their story in, in uh, a meaningful way, right? Because most of the other boutiques around the world um, 99% of consumers are not going to take a chance on, you know, future fashion or what would be perceived as future fashion. So for the retailers to take a chance on it and bring it into their store, it didn't make sense to them as a business. But now with Web3, you know, we have this landscape and we have this ability 
to allow brands with like the creativity and the the futurism of a Colton Rain to be able to tell their story to a, a captive audience. And I think that's great. I think that's great for fashion as a whole because, you know, in the last 10 years, it just got really boring. I mean, I could probably name the brands on, on my fingers that actually were pushing future forward fashion and being able to actually have the real estate to tell that story in a traditional sense. And, and Matt, so so just a backstory on Matt. I mean, Matt's been in the apparel and, and footwear industry for as long longer than I have actually over over twenty plus years, um, and so he's seen and and, and we both have, have come from this world where, you know, like he said, the death of the boutique, the death of the contemporary store that sold multiple brands, um, that they said they created experiences, but but it just they it, they lost their way like it wasn't it became an a, a anti-experience really um, and, and now and what he's saying is absolutely correct now we can see a revival of the true experiential retail because the technology has finally caught up with the ability to present brands in a way that would be an experience that would be immersive um and it's funny, Matt, if you didn't say anything, I was going to call on you anyway, because <laughs> I would literally, I'm like sitting here, I'm like, here's an opportunity. You've got Colton Rain, PFP World, Clubhouse Archives, Faith yeah. Tribe, like a boutique with that experience would be really interesting right now for the, for, for our old space. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've seen what's happened here in America with boutiques, right? Like New York City has lost them. L.A. has lost them. You know, the rents are so high that they can't take the chances to be able to really express themselves through the brands that they carry in their store store authentically. Right. They have to be concerned with keeping the lights on. Um, I, I would love to pose a question to, to you guys on the panel, because fashion futurism is amazing in concept, but a lot of it ends up on the sales rack for whatever reason, like people don't want to take those chances. So I'm curious as to what your most fashion forward piece in your wardrobe is at the moment. So if people want to share that as they answer questions, I would love to hear that. That's a, I, well, I'm going to have a jaded answer because of what I'm doing now currently, right? Like, I actually have a piece of clothing with an NFC chip in it, but that's, you're talking about something I went out and purchased at retail as my most kind of fashion forward piece, correct? Yeah, yeah that's tough. I mean, you know me and my background. I'm not exactly like, I, I didn't take chances in that way for the reasons that you just said, right? Right. Um, Usually it's so, like a workout piece, right? Like a moisture wicking or like a quick drying I, kind of thing. But outside of that, like really, what is it for each person? And I, and I think we'll get a real handle on like, you know, how much it's actually, how, how much it takes, how much of our closet actually is fashion fo uh, forward. Well, product. and that, so, so my answer to that is exactly what you just said. I've got a lot of tech pieces, right? I'm, you know, I, I golf. So I have a lot of things in my closet that, that are um, anti-stain, anti-odor, anti-sweat, um, um, you know, kind of water resistant and water permeable and all, all of that, the tech that we know. Um, there's, you know, and that's kind of, so performance fabrics today, I think is a limit that we can push. That's my answer. I don't know if Stacky wants to go first and we want you to know go I'm around. Like, 
you know I want to go because you already know what my answer was. You know, I basically <laughs> I'm here for the uniform style. Like I'm here to, you know, the minimalist, um, very uh, sustainable, uh, kind of futuristic uniform clothing. Like that's my jam right there. <laughs> so like the whole, uh, I guess, totalitarian society clothing situation. Okay. Okay. She she's she's going for like the island, you know that movie like where everybody kind of looks the same. Um, but but I think Matt's trying. I know I I know you're like you're doing that leading question, which I love because it we're gonna reveal the fact that nobody's got anything. That's gonna <laughs> or, be, but or, but Marissa, hold on, Marissa's hand flew up, so maybe maybe she, uh, she's got an answer there for us. Okay. <laughs> Hey guys, um, thanks for calling me up here. Um, I'll, my name is Marissa. I'm, I'm the creative director and founder of Marissa Wilson New York. Uh, I'm a CFDA member. Um, I have a traditional real life uh, apparel line and have been venturing into Web3 probably for like the last year. And, you know, I've had basically uh, like my last collection kind of based on this conversation on tech and getting the retailers on board. It's a really high bar of entry. I know in my last last season, I showed up Fashion Week for the first time. I did my first runway show. And then I actually incorporated NFC, uh, NFC chips into some of my garments and then went to market and then tried to try to explain how we can get it on the floor, how it can, you know, we can have that extra touch point of connecting with the customer after they bought the garment, blah, blah, blah. And it's such a high bar of entry for that. Well, one for them to get on board and, you know, figure out like, okay, one, just like using the actual chip and, you know, the tech itself, the hardware, you know, getting the chip to actually work on the garment. And then two, explaining it to the customer and explaining it essentially on a hang tag in a normal environment. So, you know, it's kind of like, it's a really slow shift because the, um, because these retailers right now, they're interested in NFTs. We like we did a first drop in connection um, with the fashion show, and like I, you know, some of my illustrations projected onto the runway with some of my pieces. So really trying to bridge, um, you know, Web two and Web three. But you know, just knowing where these retailers are, it is really challenging to get them on board with the tech. Um, you know, for me, it's I think it's how I'm incorporating how I'm really seeing like pushing fashion and kind of incorporating this new this reinvented idea of wardrobing is that like, you know, I still develop all of my clothes and my collections. I'm showing at fashion week in September um, uh, during fashion week, but also to expand, you know, kind of that idea of what an assortment looks like. So, you know, like my clothes have a high bear, like they're a little bit of higher price. They're from they open up at 400 and go up to $700. But you know, expanding that assortment to digital assets and artwork and, you know, opening up people, opening up that community and opportunity for people to engage with the brand. So, you know, that's really kind of how I'm seeing like the future is really just expanding what that looks like. You know, it's, it's all, you know, it's a, it's a long way to go, but you know, what I'm doing with my new project just came out today, Women's Prerogative you know, is just incorporating, you know, all of those um, aspects of art and development um, that I've kind of captured in the past and, you know, bringing that into this space. So that's really, you know, as much as like, I really love the idea of 
um, of, uh, you know, the aspects of technology and, you know, the hardware, you know, there is a long way to go for that to really be user friendly. So for customers to really get engaged with it, it is in small steps. So, you know, NFTs is a really great way to kind of expand on that. And, you know, for me, I'm still old school. I love hand painting and illustrations and things like that. But, you know, I would definitely love to really bridge that into, you know, physical clothing. So, you know, really pushing it as far as what NFTs can really offer. And like, you know, some people aren't really interested in buying clothes, physical clothes. They're really interested in, you know, pushing boundaries and creativity um, through artwork. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm seeing it. It is, it is a slow build. I wish I would, I could push people and, you know, get people on board much faster. But, you know, coming from that, you know, traditional industry, it, you know, it, it's baby steps. <laughs> so I, I, I do have a question for you uh, on this, um, because I've, I've been very vocal with our community um, in terms of, you know, our, our, possible foray into web two uh, and, and what i mean by that is we do see an opportunity it's like the technology is interesting when you talk about nfc chips uh and what they can provide in terms of enhancing the customer experience and i come from the trade show world like it's actually where matt and i met many years ago um and you're you know when you talk about fashion week that's definitely individuals i would look at to say are probably more tech savvy a lot of the individuals um, that are kind of walking around at the trade shows because it's kind of walks of life, right? All, all types of accounts. You've got accounts that are typically very, very menswear um, or very, very women's wear. Um, you've got contemporary accounts. You, you've got, um, you know, Missy, et cetera, all, the whole gamut. I'm just curious, what was the response from the buyers in terms of the NSC chips? Was it something that they looked at and was like, that's interesting, that like that's a technology that I, I really think that um, – could enhance the cover experience and, and have someone say, you know what, this is a $250 shirt, but I'll buy it because it's got this cool tack. I mean, what was the response on that? In theory, they're definitely interested in it. You know, they think it's buzzy. They think it's cool. You know, coming out of COVID, you know, especially like Nordstrom's and Bloomies, like they wanted to give people a reason to come back into to the store and shop in person versus you know, shopping online. And because right now there is this big push of experiences. Um, but, you know, it is, it is hard to kind of explain everything, all the capabilities and what it can really do just on like a two by four hang tag, really. That's really the only moment that you can truly explain what it is and, you know, the, the opportunities that are there. So, you know, high-end retailers, they also like, customers that are able to buy a three, four, five hundred dollar dress or sweater or hoodie, those are also oftentimes an older customer in these traditional retailers. So they're you're trying to explain it to them and like they you just like like start to gloss over. So that's also, you know, the challenge too is the cost. And you know, a lot of the customers that you'll find end up actually being able to afford these technologies is an older customer and it's hard to, you know, convince them to buy in. So I think it's a matter of, of how you present it, right? So I, I think the this is something we're exploring heavily because we're we're building out NFC into everything we're doing. Um, and when we looked at it, you know, you're right. It's, it's hard to explain to somebody the capabilities of what these chips could do for them. 
Um, so we've had to kind of creatively figure out how to package and present it in a digestible way. Um, so for example, we, we partnered with NFT NYC at their most recent event and we, we actually produced an accessory item. Uh, they were pendants that, uh, built NFC embedded inside. Um, and what we presented them as was a networking tool. It was a conference and we only produced a thousand of them. Um, and we, we did amazingly. We sold them on site. We did a sale and everything like that. And we kind of presented it as, you know, this is a reprogrammable business card that you can wear around your neck and will last forever. Because, you know, you obviously you tap it on somebody's phone when you're walking around. It's it's fantastic. It's instant. And it's different, which really caught people's eye. So, you know, we, we did, you know, 20 grand in sales in one morning uh, while we were at NFT NYC. Just because as soon as people clicked for somebody with the right messaging, they were in. And they were hooked and they're using them. So I think we can package these things and present them with you as utility almost um, on top of, you know, what a garment is visually. Yeah, I think what's interesting then there, and I go back to just traditional retail for a minute, um, you know, Matt and I both know we used to do these, used to do kind of seminars to like Nordstrom or Saks or, um, or whomever, whatever department store it was. Um, and you would literally teach them how to sell the product. And, and I just envision when you just said that, um, you know, some sort of a display where, where they can show them this in real time. And, and if you can see, if you can see the process, right. Okay. Let's say you, you, you scan uh, an NFC chip, you hold your phone near the collar or wherever that might be. And, you know, a video comes up that talks about the sustainability of the product. It's, it's provenance, you know, um, the fabrications where it, all of that, that journey um, as one step, right. I think that that's interesting for the customer experience because it takes place of um, kind of that individual salesman having to sell them on everything. Um, they can show them how to use the tech, but if you can have something trigger um, upon upon the scan of the NFC, um, in addition to also authenticating, right? If if it is a blockchain, um, if it is a blockchain kind of uh, mirror to an NFT. Uh, I, I think that's interesting, right? Let the tech kind of do the work for you in one sense, but it um, kind of goes back to things that I used to think about and, and where this technology can lead. Um, so I think that that's really interesting for us to kind of ponder and think about. I, I think all of this, I almost think, has a bigger play in Web 2 that's that's untapped, um, that, that I think is getting lost in certain individuals. A lot of people in Web 2 are trying to foray into Web 3, um, I think us as pioneers, we need to be figuring out how to get this experience into the hands of the consumers in, 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 tr in the traditional sense. That's just my perception. Catharsis, I, I don't know if you have any different view on that. No, I completely agree. I, so as we build, like when we came in, there's, there's a ton of obviously NFT projects who are focusing on NFTs and then build up their NFTs. Uh, and then they try and drop their stuff as merch. I've even seen, you know, NFT projects posing as as uh, brands and stuff like that, and and putting stuff out. But it, they're marketing to their Web three audience and stuff like that. Their their holders are the ones that get access to this stuff. Um, but we looked at it and we realized, you know, the market size is ten thousand times bigger outside of Web three. There's like what a few million people in in NFT and, and crypto Twitter. Uh, so, you know, you have to figure out how to market yourself in web two format and then onboard people into web three. So for example, we we have a loyalty token 
we're marketing ourselves to Web2 uh, outlets through Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Uh, normal advertisements, we're posing ourselves as a regular brand uh, with added utility of NFTs or NFC chips to set us apart. And then we're sending them token in the mail. Uh, when they get their piece, they're also going to get like a card that just says, hey, get a wallet and you get 100 free loyalty token, which you'll be able to spend on more cool shit. Uh, it's exactly like any other you know, loyalty rewards programs, the same thing with Starbucks and shit. We're just doing it with blockchain, uh, which with much better security. And once somebody's got a wallet, then they're brand loyal and they're hooked. Um, Cause they, you know, you were their introduction into the space. I think that's a big part of how we're going to bring new people in here is like pique their interest. What can I do with this? How easy was that? I'm in friggin' Australia and they just sent me points from Canada and I bought their shit online for, you know, in 10 seconds with very minimal fees. I think the power of blockchain is going to really surprise people. Um, you know, we have people all over the world. We pay them, and we don't have to worry about uh, transfer fees. Obviously, a little bit of gas, but like wire transfers are crazy expensive. Getting people's bank details for a wire transfer is a pain in the in the butt. In the butt. Uh, so, anyway, I, I think there's so many. There's so many. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys caught me there. I almost, almost just let loose trucker mouth mode. Uh, <laughs> uh, Colton Rain, I see you're ready to jump in. Get on it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. It's just a kind of, and, and yeah, no, like I, like I agree with you and I love what you guys are doing, but I feel like, you know, as we're building, you know, as, you know, I, I don't know, as smart, as small, you know, startup, you know, like tech fashion, you know, type companies, I think right now, like the best, you know, kind of test case is to, you know, it is the execution of like this uh, artifact Nike um, partnership and to see just, yeah, how that goes and and how and, and and how what steps does nike take to introduce to their wider customer base you know this new technology that has a lot of foot around it um so for me i would say definitely looking at like you know what they're doing I mean, maintaining you know obviously our own identity because it's it, certainly not the same um certainly different type of products um different <laughs> product quality but it's, you know, it's, it's blending, you know, that, you know, that fashion tech with the, like we were saying, the VR, the AR, and also the, that physical product. So for, for me, you know, I kind of see that as the best test case right now. I would most certainly not mention Adidas and their like drop in that at all. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see, you know, just a, Again, this year, you know, how that with that hoodie, that NFC chip hoodie with the QR code, with the AR effects, you know, with artifact, like how does that work and, and what kind of attention does that get? And is it positive attention? Um, and are people, you know, are people that I know, you know, are they, you know, my normie friends, are they interested, you know, in this type of technology and, and what kind of draws them in? Um, the, the cool thing I can say or, or in kind of going back to that experiential, you know, kind of retail experience at our at the Colton Rain event in London, you know, a lot of most of the people that attended were not they didn't know anything about NFT, certainly didn't for the most part, didn't own a wallet. And and the thing that drew them in was the fact that they could put on a an Oculus and and and, and they thought that, that 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 was cool. And they saw the QR codes that could do the AR, you know, sneaker. So we saw a lot of attention, you know, toward that. So I, I think as we yeah, as we take small as us, you know, together, just as a, as a whole, you know, fashion tech startups, as as we 
attempt to kind of onboard the, you know, the masses. I think if we take those, again, those small steps of creating, you know, AR, you know, type opportunities, you know, with our products, um, you know, and also giving rewards, you know, in a, in a new way that can lead to educating, you know, like um, the, that new consumer base and, and can build up our own, you know, like companies in the future. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that that's important, right? In in terms of, you know, the the easiest way to say it is we need to use the cool, we need to use the cool technology to draw these these individuals that are not in the space into the space, right? Get them using something cool and being like that was a really cool experience. Like maybe I should look into this web web three thing. Um, so that's kind of why, that's where I was leading before, and I didn't articulate it quite as well as I wanted to, but that's why I'm very vocal with our community in terms of saying, we do need to look at Web 2, and, and they're all about it, which is good. And I think most of our communities are going to be because they, they understand the opportunity, and they also want the adoption. Like, we, we not only want the adoption, but to be successful as a space, we need the adoption. So part of me feels like Nike's about to be like, hold my beer, um, if this hoodie drop is is what it could be, right? I mean they have the ability to roll this out to um, mass distribution. And I'm talking like point of purchase distribution where somebody's buying a pair of shoes and there's this hoodie, you know, there on display where the salesman's like, Hey, hold your phone near this, you know, scan this QR code, watch this error pop up. Now they're interested in web three. That's, that's how easy that, that experience can and should be. And if we all as, as, um, Web3 fashion pioneers think that way. Now, I'm not saying, look, to roll out some large massive Web2 um, strategy, but if you've got connections anywhere um, in terms of distribution, you probably should be thinking about that because if you can do something similar, right, it's not Nike, it's not that brand name, but it's an experience. And experiential retail is going to drive adoption because like you said, um, they put on the Oculus, they have that experience and like, this is, you know, this is effing cool. Like, what is this? You know, I want to, I want to learn more. Now, all of a sudden, Web3 and NFTs aren't this scary experience that they heard on, you know, Fox News or wherever. Um, that's, that's where, where I think we start to win. Um, so anyway, that's my, my rant. Sorry, I get off the soapbox. Marissa, what's up? No, absolutely. I just think that, you know, the amount of investment into education is so critical in, you know, bringing people into Web3. Um, just even like, and it's not even, I mentioned older people, but it's a lot of contemporaries too that are not, um, you know, in this space that, you know, it is, you know, you do have to have that experience that it's not so scary and it's not such a huge lift to enter into the space. Um, but one thing I have been, you know, outside of the actual tech, one thing I've been hearing that, you know, you know, from, you know, the New York, New York Fashion Week side, you know, I spoke with someone over at YouTube and a lot of, a lot of the big pushes in shopping experience is in video, um, like see now, buy now experiences where you can watch videos and shop there. You know, I've seen that in Netflix, you're seeing that in, you know, in my, my last show, we had pieces that were shoppable in real time, but um, integrating, you know, different, uh, you know, uh, crypto and uh, Web3 technologies into shoppable videos are an engaging way for people to participate um, 
and interact as in something as well. So that's another opportunity that people are seeing in, in tech as well. Yeah. And I, you know, I know Instagram's doing their whole, their whole NFT thing too. And I'm, I'm sure Meta has every intention of making that, you know, a monetizable experience. Um, so that's, that's another thing that we could kind of talk about, um, you know, what is that landscape going to look like? Because it relates to what we're saying, right? It's that, that, you know, want now, buy now, need right <laughs> immediately right now um, mentality that everyone has been accustomed to. What does it look like for these social platforms to integrate NFTs um, that can be immediately purchased, right? Because I think that affects um, all of us. I, I haven't, I heard that the IG thing rolled out. Has anybody actually seen it um, or interacted with it? No. They they started it in India, I believe. They they were testing it over there first. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm not even. I don't even know why that makes sense. But uh, oh, is, yeah. <laughs> is that like a big market for? Um, it's huge. Yeah. Or, okay, I, I know they're big in NFTs, and maybe that's why they, they that would make sense on that. Uh, I'm just curious to understand if if those things are if it's going directly to a link where you can actually purchase the NFT or if it's just, you can create an instant NFT. I, I don't know anything about it. But we, I, what we did last season was it, we just had a, a link popped up. It was really like a low, low uh, like entry point into shoppable um, experiences, but we just had a link out to our open C from our one, our runway show live stream. Um, Cause we had looks that were, um, connected to NFTs, um, and then our last look was actually connected our bomber and that close um, an NFT uh, digital twin connected with it. So that linked out to the OpenSea page, and that you could also buy the bomber. So um, yeah, it's a you know that was like the best way we could sort of integrate it in a short time period. And that's the way that we we're you know playing with the space. But I know that New York Fashion Week is really pushing for shoppable experiences through. Um, uh, video commerce yeah that's that's interesting i'm just really trying to figure out like i what what that's all gonna look like on the ig kind of experience on the social platforms right because it's like i know you can link anything out like that but i know their big thing was like hey you can instantly create an nft it's like that's cool what can you like we, we create nfts um and we trade them we sell them there's commerce there um, so I'm wondering if they have that figured out or, or if they're testing just the ability to create there. So, um, anyway, that was an aside and probably, probably sidebar on things like that. Um, you know, some other, some other interesting things that I think are kind of fascinating to me are some of the other forms of tech within our, our space. Like, you know, we talked about wearables, um, last week you know, creating interoperability in, in terms of, of these wearables and then using them as, as kind of um, access tokens, it's something we didn't get into. I'm just, I'm curious, Colt, I know, I know you, you have a meta there and you're, you're selling wearables. Um, are, are the intention of the wearables there going to be to be interoperable across other metas or is it only the Colt experience that, that those will be available in? The idea is for it to be interoperable. So, you know, like, I mean, I, I think, you know, we're working with, it's a company, um, Swivel Meta, you know, that's a company that's building out like our, um, our metaverse. And yeah, and the idea is that you'd be able to kind of take your avatars, wear, so, as, as well as those wearables, you know, to different, yeah, into other uh, platforms as well. So, yeah, we're looking at a company called Style Protocol that's actually converting the, the, the 3D assets into wearables. 
and what I thought was interesting is the ability to, to create the wearable as like a, as an access token. So also like an exclusivity piece. So, you know, you could create a blazer, let's say that that was, you know, for a club um, and that blazer gets you into um, certain places within certain metas. And I'm wondering if people are exploring things like that, because I think that that's really interesting. Then um, same thing as almost like a, um, you know, token gated access or, or um, allow lists and, and things that we use today. Um, but just at the level of like virtual, right? So you can't get, you can get into you know, Decentraland, let's say, but you can't get into XYZ places within there unless you're wearing that, that wearable. So looking at it as an actual um, access point, because, you know, we're actually using our physicals that way. So our physicals that come up with the NFC chips, we're looking at the physical then becoming an access um, uh, token or, or an access um, garment. So if I were to go to a fashion event and I had on, you know, the hold sweatshirt or the hodl sweatshirt, however you want to pronounce that, um, you then have the ability to get in because you're 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 wearing that piece after being scanned. And I, I think virtually there, there's something that's being missed there as well. But I'll kick it to Eyes of Fashion. It just came up. First off, happy Friday. How are you? Happy Friday. Excited to be here. Great conversation. I'm in a dog park, so you're going to see it here, little dog. Um, I, I just, I want to say one thing about the IG um, in America, it's, it's still in beta mode. So like projects like Boss Beauties and BFF, if you go to their Instagram, you're going to see the Instagram, the little Instagram or the hexagon of the, of, of the NFTs. So that's starting, and I really, really feel that we need that to onboard more, more people, and I think it's going to be positive for the space. Talking about wearables, um, we are um, big on, on wearables for Decentraland. We have um, designed a few of them, but I feel that wearable, you know, Metaverse is still a, f a few years behind, and, and we're going to get there. Technology is going to get there. I think it's going to be good for the space, especially the fashion space. But I feel that concentrating also on wearables that we use today, like Zoom, Google Meetups, are going to be something that's going to get a lot of people very excited about wearables. People, it's people that are not in gaming, people that are in Zoom every day, people that are in Instagram every day, that will be using some of the wear, you know, fashion wearables, digital fashion wearables. That I think that that already exists we just have to increase the exposure on that and we're going to get more people into the metaverse and more people into the nfts and more people into the digital fashion i think that's going to be great but i think we have to also focus on what people use now and we have to increase that exposure somehow so so did you say that boss beauties already has the beta on on the instagram nft yes if you go to the instagram page you're gonna see on the grid there's a little um, hexagon icon on like grid reels and then hexagon you're going to see that and you're going to see it also I think BFF has it um, I think the artist 101 Amber Valletta has it as well so there's a few of them that have them they're in, they're in the US very cool all right, that's kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm going to look into those. I really appreciate you bringing that to, to our attention because that's those are the kinds of things that I uh, I think we should all be looking at. You know, Gary Vee used to say, you want to know about the tech, go test it out, 
go investigate it, go go do the research on it, and just knowing that they had, I want to I want to understand it um, because if we can get out ahead of the curve or stand um, the value there, I think it's all going to benefit us. So I appreciate you. Yeah, sharing. and I, I and I think we have we have to go where people are, where people are spending their time, where people are sharing their clothes, their styling. They're still on Instagram and maybe TikTok and and. For example, I, I've been trying to, I, I'm based in Paris and I've been trying to, on, you know, get guest speakers, you know, talk to them, you know, in fashion in New York, in, in Paris, in, in San Juan, where I'm originally from. They're not in Twitter. They are actually not in Twitter. So I've been going to them to get them to talk in Twitter spaces, but we're both present. But they're not in Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're in other platforms. We're really going to have to expand a little bit. And I feel that that's very positive for the space that we're, we get to, you know, we, especially it's just content that we're going to be able to use, use for Twitter spaces or use for Twitter, use in Instagram. We're going to have to kind of like be everywhere so people can kind of come to us. So. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I mean, obviously, content is is needs to be pushed to all platforms. I think we can agree on that. I, I think I, I do think Instagram or, or Meta initially missed the mark on this whole thing, right? They were they were behind the eight ball. Twitter capitalized, um, became kind of the the de facto place because we all you got to remember this technology isn't easy to understand. So there needed to be a place for people to congregate. Initially, it was Clubhouse, pardon the pun, um, but but now it's Twitter, right? So. And it's because we need to be able to have conversations around things and, and where Instagram is extremely visual um, and, and I think it's entirely needed, especially in, in fashion, right? Um, it, it was still, di it's, it's difficult to tell good stories, right? Um, in the way that I think we need to, where we can have conversations like this and say, oh, I just had a 15 minute conversation. I understand the tech now and I get it. Um, so I, I think as they begin to, enhance their tools and i'm sure meta's got a massive rollout plan of this whole thing um wasn't super enthused by what i saw visually from them but i'm sure it's gonna improve um that'll that'll help right that'll definitely help because i think a lot of the people that that market in this space it's kind of lost on us to do the traditional things that we used to do um on ig and i, I had a, a massive presence there so i you know I, I i was one that looked at it and was like it's just not the same. Yeah, I feel that we can we cannot leave that behind. Doing that, I am currently in San Juan, Puerto Rico, for vacation, and I cannot tell you how many people have asked me about NFTs and what they're what they are. They don't understand it. There's so much education that we still need to do on an everyday basis with whoever we know, whoever we meet, and we have to do it. Otherwise, it's not gonna get out. We have to do it, and it's it, it's it's very interesting because you're 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 doing your life, but everybody's oh, you're in NFTs. What is that all about? I still don't get it. But I think it, you know it's the platforms that we use, but it's also on us on an everyday lives to on keep onboarding people as much as we can. Yeah, I got you on that. We're gonna kick it to hands next, Ninja. We're gonna go to you. But the first the first thing we got to do on that eyes is we got to stop using the word NFT. I'm guilty of it too. Um, people look at that and they're like, they just get, they get, when I heard the word the first time, I was like non-fungible. I didn't even want to investigate it. I'm like, that just sounds like something I'm not going to be interested in. Um, so I think when we can get past that, it'd probably help. Uh, Ninja, what's up? 
What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, so you talk about non-fungible because most people don't even know what fungible means, which is kind of funny. Um, so uh, what's up, everyone? What's up, Shekinah? I was like, how are you in two places at one? Because I heard you talking on Colton Rain. Now I see you're heading here. You're doing the most. I love it. Um, so uh, everything, I, I don't know if this has already been talked about. Um, I just, I have a, a, a perspective on, on kind of all of this from experience of just being a gamer and also uh, being a model. Okay, I used to be a model a long time and I worked in the entertainment industry. So I, I definitely understand uh, fashion and wearables and all that. So here's my thoughts. I, this is what I'm thinking is I feel like the biggest opportunity that wearables have, especially for ones like Colton Rain, um, ones like, um, uh, uh, oh, now I'm drawing a blank, uh, Zoe's brand Steckle. Oh, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Um, hold on. Uh, yeah, Steckle. Um, yeah, <laughs> which I love, is, is, is going to be in gaming. Why? Because gamers spent $5. billion just on wearables on Fortnite alone. That's just Fortnite. That's not including Grand Theft Auto, which was just $2 billion, um, and um, Halo, a whole bunch of other games where, you, where there's skins. And, like, we're talking about entry, and you're, you guys are talking about, like, how, you know, Instagram isn't that good. And, you know, none of that is really good. Like, I find the Instagram stuff kind of annoying. If you, I, I, I get it. Like, it's, it's good um, for certain items. But I also don't find it very efficient. Um, but but let, let's talk about gaming. Like gaming, like you got people as a gamer. Like I want to look good, especially if you got you know gamers spending. You know most gamers are not just like playing for like you know an hour or so. They're like into it. So if you're playing for you know three, four, five, six hours a day, sometimes more. Like that in in metaverse outfit, that outfit that you're playing with you want to look better than your real life outfit. Like, cause you're probably not going outside or if you are, um, it's not gonna be as much as, as you're playing in the game. And so like, if you think about like looking good in the game, like all of, all of the, the, the highest sales for these, these, um, these uh, wearables are in game. And so I think that, that that's where one of the biggest opportunities is, and this might've already been said, is in gaming. And that, um, you know, looking at the, the, the trajectory of where things are going, um, gaming has outpaced entertainment, um, sports, and um, basically, basically everything. It is, and it's continuing to grow. Gaming is just growing, especially um, uh, uh, mobile and, um, and just gaming in general. So, like, I, I just feel like there's so much opportunities for these brands to get in there. And then also, too, it's like, uh, most gamers like cosplay. So like if you could have your skin in Fortnite and then all of a sudden, you know, a window pops up and is like, hey, oh, this is ideal. I'm sure it'll be different. But like, hey, you know, you've been playing with your character for, you know, um, I don't know, X amount of weeks. You've leveled up your character. Would you like to forge this outfit or forge this shirt or forge this whatever um, into real life? And like, I bet you if a gamer has gotten attached to their item, to their wearable, to their piece of fashion on their character that they've been playing with. And you get to emotionally invest in these characters as you level them up, as you get cooler skins. And like to be able to like have that forged, oh my gosh, if I had a window popped up in GTA and was like, hey, do you want to forge this shirt? In a hot second, I'd want to forge that shirt and make it in real life, just like a purse from Steckle or anything else. So those are just my thoughts. I think that 
uh, gaming and metaverse has been really overlooked um, as far as like it as the, the vehicle that's going to bring um, a, a lot of the um, the participants into the space. And it, if we look back in 2020, 2021, um, even now, like gaming is bringing the majority of people in. It really, really is when you look at the numbers. I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you that everyone in this room agrees with you, or I, I can't speak for everyone. Most everyone in this room is likely going to agree with that. Um, it's what I meant before when I said talking about the digital um, the digital asset, the wearable as being an access point, right? Like, and metas are just games. We know that. Um, my, my, not my issue. What, what we're waiting for is kind of those de facto environments to pop up where everyone actually starts spending a lot of time to where that becomes meaningful. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't be planting our flag now, right? We're definitely looking at those things. It's just, you know, you've got to watch your time spend, your capital allocation and all those things because you don't want to back the wrong horse, right? And I mean, I bought Sandbox Land for this purpose a long time ago um, when it first came out because I was like, ah, everybody's going to get in here and we're going to be selling wearable. And then I, <laughs> weird, like I bought it, I got in there and I'm like, ain't nobody going to be running around this place in like five years. Like this is ridiculous. Um, so it, whereas I agree with you, when things look like GTA and it's got that experience, I'm with you. Like that's, we're all over. That's part of our business model. That's part of Colt's business model, catharsis, eyes of fashion, Zoe, you know, what she's doing. With that. Like We're all just kind of waiting to see when this catches up to where that becomes a viable business model. And I know things are being aligned, um, behind closed doors. So the point is, is we're, we're just being patient with that. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you said it because I, I agree with that from a gamer. I mean, because the gaming industry, uh, hasn't exactly been our best friend um, the past year. We haven't been like, you know, singing Kumbaya around a campfire with gamers. Uh, so that's just my thought. No, I, I understand. I think there's a, I think also too, there's a, a lack of um, just, just awareness on the games that are already out. So let me give you one real quick that like you say like, um, and I, I get it, like, trust me. Um, it, it's just really because there's so many projects and, you know, you got Goblin Town. Hold up. Hey, Google, stop the music. You got Goblin Town sucking up all of the energy, which I love Goblin Town. I'm, I'm just I'm just teasing. But um, hold on one second. So you got um, so, so like there's a project. It has been around forever. Um, when I say forever, I mean for a few years. And it is. Uh, yes, it's called High Rise and it's an app that is already on um, the iOS store. I think, don't quote me, it's like been around since like 2016, 2017. It's been around a while. And they're selling NFTs and app. And this app, this app, which I even love more, is that it's, a, um, it's a, I believe, again, don't quote me on these numbers, but it's like high percentage. I think it's like 83% uh, um, uh, 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 females. Uh, on the app and it, and it has like a full metaverse um, and um, and like it boasts like one point something million active users a month. Now this app, you already have, um, you got avatars, you have uh, clothing and, and, and different types of hair, different kinds of, you know, and <laughs> I've played it and I'm like, okay, hold on. This is, this is a little bit of addicting. And I'm a guy obviously. Uh, you know, and again, like if, if I were any um, like any wearable Colton Rain or any other um, uh, um, 
uh, um, type of brand, Clubhouse Archive, I would be talk. I would literally be hitting up our uh, uh, um, high rise. Uh, they have a very accessible team. They have, if you look at their, if you go and download the app, it's it's obviously it's been around. It's playable, and it has NFTs already, and they're on IMX um, L2. So you already are not dealing with the gas fees and all that drama. So there, and there's some other ones. That's just the one off the top of my head. Um, gaming is pretty much my focus and thesis for NFTs as far as what I put most of my money into. But like, like it's it's here, and 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 and, and High Rise has active users, so you could basically tap into you know over a million users right now um, that would would probably want some. Um, you know, some, um, some, you know, nicer clothing than what they have in the game. Um, are, are, will the game or the developers or the people who do it have uh, NFTs in? I don't know. So, but it's still worth a conversation. Yeah, know? I'm, I'm, I'm on what you're saying. The only thing I'm going to ask you is, can you confirm that it's called High Rise? I, I pinned it to yeah. the top. I pinned it to the top. It's up there. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Akina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everybody in the Moonbird community just slapped their forehead. Um, but anyway, um, interesting. Uh, that's a, sorry. That's called trademark. See, you, you don't get the trademark. <laughs> boom, boom. So proof messed that up. I'm I'm not even. I I can't even. We're gonna kick it over to Dave. I'm gonna go on, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go on, on quiet for a minute. Dave, what's up? Hey, how's it going, James? Thanks for having me up. Awesome conversation you guys are having. Uh, totally agree with a lot of the sentiment I heard here. Ninja, yours too, around games, metaverse. I think the thing is, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people here know, like there's no, um, we're all referring to it as a metaverse. We don't even know what the metaverse really is yet. Like it's evolving. I don't think we're going to know, like to your point, James, it's going to take a number of years, right? Till we get to what it's ultimately going to be. Everyone's trying thing. However, I think the key is when it comes to fashion is, around i think if anyone's building any of these brands um in the space it's around how do you how, how do you sort of um attach yourself to a few horses so how do you create some standards so if you're building some kind of digital brand um you know build it in a way so like you know similar to sizes when you go to store um you know we, we're building you know some you know wearables that are compatible with the, the major standards out there because if i from what and I, I i don't have specifics right now but i know that there's some standards out there and it's around, you know, making sure we understand, okay, what are the common standards right now or what will be like, who are the big players and making sure that if you're building a wearable that, you know, it's something that someone can, can actually interchange. And depending on like your, like if they're IRL and they want to wear it in person, obviously that's obvious they have a physical, but you know, if they're in a game, then, you know, they could slap on a wearable there. If they're in whatever metaverse, you know, they can just choose, you know, the outfit for the event or for the occasion. And I think that will give people the flexibility because right now um, when people buy or use wearables, it's really just for one, one location. So it'd be kind of cool if we had that ability to, to be able to leverage it in multiple locations. And I think you, a point earlier that you mentioned, James, I thought was very interesting is like, so right now as, as token gating, right, obviously we leverage NFTs as a token gate, but when you're walking around, let's just say you're walking around any metaverse we have right now, like Sandbox or Decentraland or whatever it is. Um, there's no way, like nobody knows what keys or what access you have. And so if there was a way to wear something that sort of visually indicated that you had some certain level of access, that would be cool because right now every, no one knows what's in your wallet unless they're actively like, you know, searching in the back end. But if they, you're walking around, they can visually see that that'd be super cool. 
Yeah, that, and that was exactly what I was referring to, Dave. And, and and when you talk about what you were referring to before was interoperability, right? Right. And and, and there are standards um, in terms of like avatars and things like that. Like, you know, I think Ready Player Me is definitely going to be a major player in the next five years in terms of be, creating kind of the avatar standard. And if you can create wearables that are are one. Um, to that, I, I think that there's a, an interesting business model that a lot of people should probably look at um, in that regard. But but to your point, it's you know we're the the flex model of NFTs is already proven. Like that that ship has sailed. What we're doing now here in the space, what we do on Twitter, on Instagram, and social, donning the the PFP as as social status, um, as as you know um, the flex, if you will is only going to translate into these virtual environments and, and whatever meta has kind of become the de facto and of where people hang out. And the NFTs of choice in those metas are going to be visually how we present ourselves. So the outfits that we wear, the accessories that we have, um, you know, we need to think beyond that, though. People need to really hang on to everything that they have. And I've thought a lot about this. When we start having virtual environments, you know, people are like, ah, I bought this stupid vase. Like, what am I going to do? With it? Well, you're going to put that in your virtual house. Because that's your NFT, and if that company's smart, they're creating that into some um, some sort of a, um, a 3D um, asset that can now live in these worlds. So we're going to decorate our homes with artwork that we've bought. So artwork becomes valuable. It actually becomes usable in that point. Um, so um, that flex extends then, and people are going to be like, oh, you can start. What happens when some arts become loose of value? That, that's right. That's right. Um, so let me let me. Answer. I have an idea for that if you want and, and apologies, Maui. I know you, you've had your hand up your arms, probably getting tired. But let me kick it to Jeremiah, and then we'll kick it down to you. Jeremiah, go ahead. My, my bad. Yeah, I, I think I just got brought in because of my my impeccable taste in fashion with my bowler hat and tie-dyed shirt and moonbirds. That is um, the only reason you're in here. Absolutely. Yeah, these these moonbirds, uh, you know, they cost more than Gucci and Louis Vuitton and all those other things. So they're very luxury items. I understand luxury fashion. Um, I actually just worked on a on a collaboration. With my friend David and his company Instate. He's in the audience. I wanted to try to get him up because they did a a drop where it's shoes that are um, you can redeem for an actual pair of shoes, and they're all made in America. And him and the other people that founded the companies are all shoe design veterans, and it's really cool to see what they're working on. And like they have four one of one artists. I'm one of them that got to do a one-of-one one for the shoes and i think yeah i think that's really cool i also feel like i've had so many meetings with people that are doing fashion thing like colt and rain i remember like hosting them uh before they dropped and everything and like i think that uh this this like idea of of forging is really cool um i also feel like people in the real world would just buy the nft and then it's like if they want to if they want to or if they buy the real clothing and then they get the nft it's like a bonus and I think the more they ramp up the the loyalty rewards program around that, I think that would really drive the value of the NFT where it's like, okay, if you keep buying this stuff, you keep adding to your collection and we can track like how long you've been collecting these. And if you're like a super fan of Louis Vuitton or something and you've bought all this shit for five years, like you should get to go to like a special uh, release where it's like you get to see behind the scenes or like crazy stuff that's never been done because you weren't able to really track that stuff. And then you could just sell the NFT because it would give you access to these people and these exclusive events. And I, I feel like that hasn't really been explored enough. I haven't seen anything that's like 
made me feel like if I buy this thing, like the, what was it? The Tiffany thing. It's like, you buy this thing, you get, you get your punk as a necklace, but like, that doesn't seem like that great. Like maybe they'll add utility, but I think out the gate, it should be like known that there's going to be more and more utility the longer you hold it. Kind of like with a board ape, you buy it. And then we didn't even know that we we're going to get these dogs, but we got the dogs and then you get the mutants and then you get ape coin and you get land. And it's like, you just know, like, don't sell this thing because they're going to keep doing cool stuff for the most loyal people that have stuck around the whole time. I, I, and I argue that, and and by the way, I'm not knocking board amp. I'm in the Yuga ecosystem, but I argue that fashion and, and, and brands that can provide tangible value. Cause you gave, you gave an IRL experience that is really tangible that, that brands can provide because as you build up the loyalty in these NFTs and then it unlocks an experience um, that is, you know, a Louis Vuitton fashion show or um, a clubhouse archives event or a Colton rate immersive experience. Like, you know, the point of that is that is interesting. And that is, that is something that, that I do think we're all kind of thinking about um, because it's, and and like I said, I'm not knocking just dropping an NFT. I just think that Board Ape is going to be really successful at that because they were kind of first at the table in, in one sense um, of building that up. And they've got this massive um, corporation now kind of behind it. I, I don't think that works for everyone, right? Because I think you need to be able to build up a massive amount of liquidity to make that meaningful. But what you can do is what you just said. And I think that that's, that's really where people's heads need to be at. And in order to do that, though, you need a, a, a business model behind that. So paradigm I talk about is kind of we're living through it now. And, and, it's, and it's to provide that, those experiences through a business model. Um, so you hit it on the head in, in terms of what I see and where I see things going. Um, Maui, apologies. I know you've been waiting and very patient. Thank Go you, ahead. man. Hey, thank you so much, man. I got the perfect solution for you, man. I mean, just to see that we're all super excited with all the NFT dropping, you know, but nobody's thinking about what are we going to do in the future? Just like what you guys are talking about. Oh, yeah, let's put it in, in our island. Let's put it in our, like, gallery. But in the meanwhile... We need to think more of a plan where so much solution is we can work on maybe somebody and work on a project like we can learn how to recycle it, meaning by recycling it, meaning you have to, with the chat and NRT are going at, we need to create something out of this instead of getting stuck on the NFT. So kind of like push the trend over to the next trend. So in the main for a perfect example is what I mean. If you like, uh, let's say I had a, an elephant as a NFT, if I drop an elephant, so you pick up so many elephant and for the grand prize is to recycle all this elephant that you collected, you have to take it back to the company that bought it so you can get a grand prize. So this kids, let's say you collect all the elephants and then you ended up getting the woolly mammoth down the line. It prevents people from, I know everybody wants to make money, but we need to think more of how to scale this trend. 
I know everybody's excited. Everybody's so happy. Like, oh, so many opportunities. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. But we're not thinking about recycling the product. You know what I mean? So if we can put, somebody can put forth a plan, like, hey, you can make, I'm telling you, you can, you got to do that. We have to create a plan where we can recycle all this NFT back into the system to get a bigger prize. So in that way, you don't feel like, you know what, what the hell am I going to do with all this NFT now? You know what I mean? No, I, I actually, so no, you, you landed the plane there on, on, on the point and, and brought back to what I was talking about before. And actually, that makes sense. That is what we. That is what I was saying. Is I, I think all of these NFTs are going to have a use that people might be thinking about in in the immediate, um, you know, in in the immediate future. It's going to be a longer term play where things that they thought maybe didn't have as much value actually do, um, because they're going to be able to utilize them um, in a way virtually that that maybe had been lost on them uh, prior to that. So, Correct to a point. But in this case, you won't lose the value of the NFT. You will recycle it back into getting a bigger price. So the trend, it keeps going. I mean, you're talking, you guys are talking about fashion. Man, you can take fashion and dress up any from any platform that you guys want to. You guys can mint all of those. And by doing that, you know, you guys got to find, come out with a way that you guys got to find the grand prize to mint all the NFT back into that price. So the trends can keep going and going so it doesn't get stuck. Oh, yeah, let's drop an NFT. Oh, let's see you get another NFT. So you know what I mean? Right now, it's like we're stuck in this trend of, like, dropping NFT, but we're not thinking, like, in the long run, it's going to be over. The market is going to overrun with NFTs. Market's already overrun with NFTs, brother. I think uh, <laughs> I think we're past the point of no return on that one. Um, but I, I see what you're saying, like trying to reuse what's already out there. And I, I think I think somewhere in there, there's some some really good points. Uh, there will probably be projects that you know help clean up the blockchain and like use old assets. I've already seen those projects that are trying to revive uh, rugged projects. So all of these pieces of garbage that go to zero. Because uh, they didn't have business plans, or they were, you know, were bad actors, or stuff like that. But there are communities of people who are coming forward and uh, really trying to bring those people together who were burned and kind of revive those those crappy NFTs and give some form of life to them. Um, so I, I mean, we don't, we have no clue where things are going to be a year from now. We we don't know where things are going to be six months from now. Um, I think the goal at this point is to keep innovating and try as much new things as we can and use this technology in as many creative ways as possible. Because we need this system. You mean, I grew up where I watched my parents have to write the letter on a piece of paper. It's a lot of work. So, I mean, for our economy and the way the population is growing, we definitely need this system in order for us to fix the, the planet. Absolutely. Now, I saw I saw Brens uh, came and jumped up on stage while we were talking. Friends, give some throw in. Yeah. So, hi guys. Um, I just wanted to actually kind of give my two cents on to this kind of topic because um, I do have a fashion background and I've worked in actually like the modeling industry on both sides for many years. Um, and I just kind of wanted to, you know, kind of touch on like the fact that it's really at this point, you know, like it's really like a TBD within the fashion industry because 
the thing is, at least from the agency side that I was able to see, um, a lot of these people that are, you know, working in this industry and working in this space, you're kind of like, you're coming in as like the younger group ex explaining to them what is cool, what makes sense, like what's going to, you know, what's going to make money for them. And they're kind of like running with it, the seniors in these industries. So really the NFT, it's like, it's our, you know, it's kind of like our game. Like we're, you know, explaining it to these, you know, older, senior, higher level people in a way that a business, you know, they're very business minded. So of course, like they're looking at like the bottom line of what this is, even if they don't understand it, which I can tell you for a fact, most of them don't like the seniors at Tiffany definitely don't understand what the fucking NFT is. As long as it will make them money and as long as like they're going to get a return on it, they will, you know, they will buy into it because they're understanding that like we're really in the beginning early stages of this kind of new market that, you know, can is essentially like Pandora's box. Like it can go anywhere, but it's definitely, you know, within the youth and it's definitely like within up and coming like generation so I kind of just wanted to add my two cents into that and just say like it is very TBD in the terms of like the senior level of these you know of these companies I would say from personal experience they don't understand it entirely but they're definitely willing to invest and they're definitely willing to watch where this goes because they know that this is the direction that like the fashion industry is heading into for sure. hundred percent. Anyone else want to want to toss in there before we move on to another topic? I think that's the quietest we've seen the stage all week. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm not going to really quickly. I mean, Gosh, it's like I just lost. But, um, not only that, but I was reading somewhere like yesterday. Who is it? Like there's a the the Karen group, the Karen group. So I think they own like Balenciaga and a bunch of other like very. And, and if you know who else they they own under their umbrella, please tell say it. Yes. But, um, um, I Yeah. They also own um, Alexander McQueen, Bottega Veneta, um, <laughs> Gucci. Of course. Here you go, Bougie. That's right. <laughs> she's love, just name dropping left and right she knows i love i love me some fashion oh, yes karen group awesome okay go ahead <laughs> no 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 thank you for that thank you for that but yeah they are like i've seen a couple articles that they are working on something for the metaverse and it's called like next but it's like in x was it let me kind of google it really quickly but i Seen that note, like I, I can't even remember what it's called, but like it has a inactive Twitter that's not doing much. It has an inactive like IG and it's not doing much. But I was reading in the fashion law, like one of their articles, and they were saying like they are working on something with the metaverse and something with like digital, like yeah, with digital, so physical and you know digital um, clothing. But, like, no one knows what it is, but they are working on something, like, big. And so, so and they also do have a website, but the website doesn't have much information. But you can apply to be, like, a tester or what, like, what comes of this. Um, 
but but yeah so i would say that they are your bigger brands you know as they're learning and testing the waters and kind of looking at each other you know to see what, what each other is doing um oh no like i'm they're definitely gearing up you know to to enter this space you know i think in a in a major way which is why we know mass adoption is coming it will happen it's just a matter of when I'm yeah. trying to find it and pin it up. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, please. That's great. I, I love that. Uh, Mass adoption is 100% coming. I think anyone who's denying that at this point uh, is is unfortunately just ignorant or, or not kind of looking at the signs. I totally agree with everything you said. Um, and these companies, we've kind of talked about this, I think, in the past couple weeks, but these companies um, that are kind of tiptoeing into the space or, you know, putting a little bit out there. Um, what people kind of, and, and we've said this, but what people aren't really paying attention to is that these are massive conglomerates. This isn't like a company of, of 20 people sitting in an office. This is, these are conglomerates with multiple offices in parts of the world with compartmentalized teams that are kind of working on different areas and different things. So, you know, even if somebody like, for example, Tiffany, who obviously that's a bit of an outlier because it's the son of the, the CEO who, who really got them into it, but other things like the Gucci, the the Adidas offerings and stuff like that. Like we, we were doing Stack, you laughed about it earlier. Adidas's offering was crap. Um, but they don't, they're just testing the waters. The market isn't big enough here in NFT space for them to care about it too much yet, but they do see the potential. They do see the DeFi potential. They've seen the amount of money in crypto. So they're all like, here, let's put this, you know, small team to it. And as soon as things start flooding, that's when these guys are going to really, really like edge everybody, you know, really show off the money that they have and, and do some ridiculous things because they're going to hire people, uh, you know, and, and weirdly, that's a good thing for people in this room, just as a side note, because anybody here who's looking for ways into the space, make yourself valuable to these companies because you have a knowledge of something that they're trying to get access to. I've seen a ton of people, um, you know, become consultants or, or be, give opinions on Web3 who, in my mind, you're they're degen, you know, idiots, right? <laughs> but they're not. They're, they're ahead of the game because they're they have the knowledge of this space. And that's what these companies need. Um, so I'm, I'm just I'm going off. But uh what, what I was going to say, oh, BlackRock. So this was something I mentioned last time, and it's just I don't think it can be underscored enough for anybody who uh, doesn't know who BlackRock is. Look them up. But BlackRock just recently did a partnership with Coinbase, and it was almost quiet. They didn't announce it with big fanfare. They didn't make a giant deal of it uh, because for the past you know 10 years or whatever, uh, they've been sh taking a crap on uh, on on crypto and you know there's there's funny memes about how uh, 2 years ago they were saying bitcoin is is a scam and before that they were disregarding it completely uh, and then this past year they partnered with coinbase just now they partnered with coinbase and all of a sudden um aladdin which is if anybody does not is their proprietary trading algorithm. Uh, this is like their claim to the top rung of of the wealth echelon because aladdin basically is an algorithm that tells other clients, which of course are massive hedge funds, uh, who to invest in, where to invest, where to pull money out from. And they all, every major wealth management system in especially the West, but all over the world has something to do with Aladdin. And that's why BlackRock has such a huge, huge 
uh, foot everywhere. Um, but anyway, so so Aladdin is now uh, going to be usable by these wealth funds and, and clients to use Coinbase to trade crypto, which uh, we've all seen ETH just pump back up. They're talking about the merge. Uh, do some research into it. I'm thinking there's a bull run, not financial advice, but mass adoption's coming. So could the, to go back off of what Catharsis is talking about, I, I mentioned this in the space earlier on this week, that BlackRock, BlackRock is actually the biggest asset manager in the world with $10 trillion in assets. In, um, they control $10 trillion in assets and uh, have some of the biggest institutional investors uh, worldwide. So it's it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal if you are against it or for it. So it's just a big deal in general. But yeah, do we? Do you think that's attributing to this run um, that we've seen? Uh, of stack- course, of course. Yeah, definitely. Why? Of course. Just think about it. They have some of the biggest institutional investors uh, in the world. So as a as a smaller institutional investor, of course, you would want to invest and try to hop in it. You know, if I'm a smaller institutional investor and I see BlackRock is hopping on the uh, crypto train, I am all in. Well, that and and, and crypto's outpaced traditional investments by a massive margin in the past couple years, right? So they they would be stupid not to because everyone else is going to be looking at them and, you know, putting their money to the people who do because they're making better returns. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, from my vantage point, the the one thing that's interesting in that statement then is I was expecting a run, you know, mid mid to end August because of the merge. Now with this news coupled with that, I mean, we could really see a, a pretty strong run. I mean, obviously, like you said, not financial advice, but um, that makes me personally just bullish on uh, where this goes in the next four to six weeks um, because that, it could get really hot, and that, that um, obviously for all of us is great. Listen, don't make me go into my trading bag right now because, you know. Let's go. Listen, what are you talking about? It's the end of the year. That's what we're you don't about. You don't buy the news now. What do you, what do you think? Hey, I have a second. I mean, if you guys don't mind, too, um, like, especially for fashion, if you're going to post your, like, your stuff, make sure you clean up your site. People want to see, Wait, you know, when you go into your stuff. Hold up, hold up, Maui, hold up. Stacky was talking, brother. No, 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 no. I was trying to figure out what he was saying. He, make sure you clean out your what? If you're taking pictures, like... You know, because uh, sometimes when you view your project, it's, you you guys are showing us threats and stuff. People can't, you know what I mean? When you click into the side, there's nothing until, like, you scroll to all the bottom and all your is at the bottom of the threads. It's, so the project is at the bottom, you know what I mean? Uh, I... You need to get rid of the threads in the middle. Um is the best way to, to showcase your projects, put it in the slideshow. Like, you, I seen it on the Best Buy's website. They just put it out. Like, you post your message and everything that your project that you're working on is on the slideshow right there in the front. Thanks, man. We we, we got it. All right, continues. Uh, yeah, Saki. No, no. All I was saying was uh, about you know uh, cryptocurrency. I didn't want to want to really get my trading bag like that. But you usually when um, when things like that happen and you see serious pumps like that, then you start to see you know everybody who bought you're buying the news. It's just like not really a good deal because you don't know where the market can go to next. You usually buy when everything's quiet. But that's my little trading tip for the day because i could talk about trading and charts and all that other stuff all day but i, I mean, have to do stacky's trading thursdays <laughs> yeah 
if you if you're here for the long term, it really don't matter. You probably already been investing anyway. Most of the people here has been DCA and in like I've been I've been saying every damn day in every space that I've been in. But uh, you know, to that point though, you know, just don't don't buy on the news mostly because you never know where this market is going. Honestly, you know, even even though BlackRock is in it right now, because they could snatch, they can absolutely pile all their money in at one time and just snatch it all out and then everybody's screaming. But that, that's a whole nother. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, back to fashion. So this is, I love this space today because, you know, we, we started at 5.30, it's two, two hours in. And, uh, I mean, I don't even uh, take money controlling the economy right now, you know. Yeah. So I mean, we, even, even people that are trying to dump a bunch of money in there, it's all. Boop, boop, boop. Come back, come back a little later. I just, I'm not a fan of being interrupted like that. I'm not trying to be rude, but, um. Because I lose the train in my train of thought. I promise you, I'm not trying to be rude. But um, basically, you know, Fashion Fridays, we do this every Friday. Thank you guys for coming. But we're going to we're gonna continue this a little longer. It's so much fun. It's my favorite subject. I'm a futurism girl. I love everything in the future. I want everything to change. We should be in flying cars right now. And I'm so mad because the Jetsons, uh, you know, haven't happened yet. And and all that stuff and i'm waiting for my refrigerator to start uh cooking my food for me so at this point i'm pissed but you know that's why i picked this subject is because other than than where it is and you guys are making some pretty good points when it comes to like transitioning right you know in the realm of reality in a realm of reality, we can't just say, oh, I want my sneakers to have have jetpacks on the back of them so I can fly, right? Because uh, what 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 sense does that make? You know, now I can fly, but is it, is it going to be nice looking? Is it going to be fashionable? Like, even with the, um, even with the Oculus glasses, who's going to walk around wearing that? Like, you can't even do it. It's not something that's, that should be done anyway. But um, a lot of people get sick using it, too. I don't know if you guys know that. Like, a lot of people get, like, kind of seasick. Oh, yeah. And and it's just like, well, how can we get that type of tech into fashion? I know Ray Bans had came out with like something, and they were in here. Somebody was in here from Ray Bans talking about it. I think it was last week or something like that. But but uh, that's the point. I love this subject, and I want to actually continue on the subject. So if somebody else can add to it, like I'm trying to come up with questions just to keep, keep you guys talking because the the whole boutique idea. Uh, technology and just make the experience better i really wanted to touch more on that like how can we make the boutique experience better oh man i i don't think i'm not gonna hit a hit matt up uh and 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 colt and catharsis and everyone on that that concept because i think there's something there i i mean there's a million ways that you can do it if you if everything did have an nfc chip which you know they used to have those mirrors in lululemon i actually know the guy that started um uh his name is is peter um any, anyway point is you'd walk into a dressing room with a with an item of clothing that had an nfc chip in it, in it and when you walk into the dressing room it literally brings that item up um on the screen and the mirror um was a tech that allowed you to see yourself through um, through AR in the item, right? So that's that's one experience that you can that you can that that exists today. Like that's that's not like future tech. That's that's now. If they have the NFC chips, like I said, you can um, 
you can obviously have videos and 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 enhance the experience through that um colt she was talking about um you know the fact that you can make it like apple so there's stations where you have uh, an ar and a vr experience there and and um make it immersive so i think the future of fashion boutiques would be to have brands that are in this room today from zoe's to colt's to um, end states, PFP world, Nyza fashion, catharsis, the whole nine where it, it's, it's web three brands that are made physically, but that offer both a digital and physical experience to the customer. So when you leave the store, you're not only leaving with a physical item, you're leaving with something that connects to you um, that you can then on your phone, have an experience with whether or not if that's in an immersive world um, or environment, um, or just whether that's a PO app that, gives you loyalty right so I, I just think that there's so much that can be done and, and when matt said that earlier where the conversation turned to boutiques i went right back to it and i'm like that's how you revive um all that now whether then matt would bring up wisely whether or not we're ready so matt matt go ahead i see you came off mute yeah it, it's interesting because it makes me think of uh adidas and yoji yamamoto you know for so many years i i could go into stores i could go into retail and I knew that Yoji was going to be able to push the envelope on sh on sneaker design because he had the backing of Adidas, right? So if it didn't sell or, you know, if it needed a lot of marketing or if it had to be on celebrities it, it, for that adoption to happen, for those shoes to be bought, they had Adidas behind them, right? So they were kind of pushing the envelope with sneaker design for many years. So I look at Nike, right? So what, what are they going to do with Artifact? like in, in their flagship store in New York City. What, what displays are they going to have out there that are going to increase adoption as a whole for the Web3 space that's going to trickle down to all the other Web3 brands to be able to build on? Yeah, I think we need that, right? I mean... I've been saying that for a minute. Now, I'm not afraid of the big brands at all. We need them to do those types of things, Matt. My question is, though, um, how do the, you know, and I know capital is everything, right? Capital is king in, in terms of things like this. How do, how do the brands that are here natively capitalize on a concept like that? Um, I don't know if anyone has thought of that, bring up that model of multi-brand as a Web3 experience in a boutique. I mean, I'm, it was kind of the, like I thought somewhat about that, but not, not in this way, seeing all the brands in front of me. So I just think it gets really interesting to have this kind of a conversation. Yeah. I mean, I think it starts too with, with unity, right? So like all, all of the web three brands that are here, I mean, David Falar is in the building who is, you know, doing this as we speak, right. Uh, minting end state as we speak, blazing trails for all of us. Hello. So, you know, like I said, when is Web3 Fashion Week during New York Fashion Week, right? Like what's stopping us all from uniting, getting together and increasing our adoption our ourselves by displaying our incredible brands and vision and and how we can change things um, for people that are really looking for change, right? I mean, retail is extremely tough. So I, James, like you, I always think of it as a business, right? I think of it as a regular myself, you know, and with rents being as high as they are, am I going to take a chance on something, right? When I, when I got to keep the lights on, 
what, what's going to what's going to make me take a chance on a on a Web3 brand, the traditional retail? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I, I well, Dave, David's hand flew up on that one. <laughs> So first, David, and for, first and foremost, I'm in a I'm in a room full of absolute legends. So I applaud <laughs> all of you for bringing this space together. Uh, Jeremiah, thanks for bringing me. I love you. Um, I have so much respect for everybody in this room. Maddie, Javier, in the in the audience is is just my brother. Like I love everybody here. So thank thank you for having me. But like um, just to that, like just like NFTs are a way to like access new projects and belief into specific people or co-founders or whatever why can't boutiques do that and launch nfts if you're like a small town business and you launch nfts to have co-ownership and you can grow a business and then you have a fleet of ambassadors essentially because they're co-owners through the launch of nfts and it's all backed by the blockchain and then once the boutique grows let's say then they want to sell off their nft it's like People just don't get how powerful this tech is and they just think it's a bunch of stupid images and just just like people think that we're a brand of just sneakers when you actually can build in utility and value and access all on the backside of things and it's way more than just sneakers, it's way more than just clothing, clubhouse, James, like what you're doing is phenomenal, like people just aren't going to get it at first glance and it's our opportunity and our challenge that we have to continually push and educate people more and more and more. And if that means getting out more in real life, then that's what we have to do. But there's, there's a million different ways that like boutiques can do this. And I love this conversation and I'm happy to answer more questions, but thank you guys for doing this space. I think it's awesome that so many people from different backgrounds and expertises can, can have a conversation like this. It's funny that you say that we were chatting in the back channel and, and um, we have an, I have a different channel that's part, part of Clubhouse and people are kind of chiming in saying this conversation's awesome. These are the, these are the kinds of conversations that we want to drive with this. Like it's, yeah, it's definitely fashion, um, but it's the technology too, because that's what this is all about. And I think if we talk about the future of that, it's critically important. Um, but we want to drive these conversations every week and you don't have to be in fashion. I mean, Steve, um, who works with our, our company, um, he'll be the first to admit he's not a fashion guy but what we were doing kind of brought him in in a way and and uh to things that that you know in the past he, he wasn't necessarily as open to so you don't have to be a fashion individual to have these conversations because it is related to the tech and it is the future of how we're all going to interact um at retail so whether we like you know gary v always says things like whether you're whether you like it or not it's happening and that's important <laughs> it's true I mean, it's true. Like, we get emotional about it, whether we want it to happen or not. It's it's gonna happen, so we might as well be out in front of it. Um, but but Bougie, go ahead and jump in here. Your head's been up. What's going on, everybody? No conversation. Um, just to kind of bring it back to just the technology aspect of it, um, I just think that like most most brands that in here, you know, definitely should own a pair of like VR goggles and things of that nature. And I, I say that because um, uh, I think a lot of the the technology and what we're talking about is accessible. So an example, when you, whenever we were talking about just um, the mirror, you know, um, James, that you were talking about, um, I mean, through just some of these VR applications, you know, have access, you know, obviously there's going to be the higher VR. There's a um, VR headset called Vario. And they're kind of like the professional end, but they have the ability of like XR. So you can actually um, blend like real world and like VR together. 
So like just I think things like that um, is kind of accessible being that, you know, they 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 may, you know, cost, um, you know, a couple couple grand. But I mean, there's probably people in here that's probably spent that on NFTs, you know. So I just think like um, there's definitely tools that we can utilize today um, that actually blends that. And like even with me and my wife and our jewelry business, that's the reason why I got in here um, is because I wanted to play with like that, you know, play with that model. So it's just like now we're pretty much just thinking about getting VR sets and having like our rings, you know, you'll be able to view them virtually being that it's going to save us money on this like we get the if we get the wrong size rings or you know trying to um do returns and things of that nature um so i just think like there's a lot of different things you know we can do small now you know and even with me just like doing appraisals and receipts just with nfts and kind of just showing the customers like you know this is the nft and nothing big and flashy but it's just like a part of everyday life but i definitely think like the technology is there and like in my opinion, I think that's probably like the easiest way to like onboard because I think onboarding really is where a uh, majority of like brands like ours, we're going to see like a lot of value of like really us just onboarding um, consumers that have a particular way of shopping or they're used to a certain way of shopping. So it's just like meeting where they're at and then just adding, you know, and then adding the Web3, you know, process to it. Hundred percent, man. And if uh, I know you're talking about the VR stuff, but if you guys ever need help with the AR, uh, we have a couple partners who we could introduce you to. They could do that. They for very inexpensively get your stuff on, you know, rings viewable on hands and stuff like that. Uh, if you want to hit us up on the back end. Cool, most definitely. Yeah, and, um, and it's crazy because, like, catharsis, uh, you, like, I don't know, I mean, you probably don't remember, but, uh, like, my, I think your space was, like, the first place I shared. I, I was going by Meta Jeweler then, I mean. You know, oh, I, I remember you. Don't even worry. Yeah, so <laughs> it was. It was trying like, to sneak in here under a different name. But oh, yeah. man. <laughs> I didn't even know, realize that was you. What's going on, man? No, what's up? I had to pop in. I seen everybody up here. So I'm like, oh, this is a spot. And it's crazy because I'm here in uh, Cincinnati and they have like a Midwest con and I'm on like a fashion talk tomorrow. So I'm like, let me just hop in and soak up all the knowledge because I'm like, this is where all the fashion knowledge is anyway. So let me go ahead and just go ahead and just soak as much as I can before I go in front of these people and start speaking. <laughs> No, man. I love how you, I did. I do like how you snuck in the back door, but but seriously, uh, you know how it, how this is. This is this is why we're this. Um, so anything you need to soak up, soak it all in before you go. Are you speaking, or are you just going to be walking around talking and meeting people? No, they I actually have me speaking on like just things um, that I'm doing uh, with like my jewelry business and stuff like that, and just like some fashion tips and stuff like that. So um, it's like a small little event, but. You know, I was decided like, hey, I never really did anything of that nature. So might as well just spread as much knowledge as I have. You know, I've been in it for about a year. So I wouldn't say an expert, but, you know, besides, like, I feel like this panel right here is probably like the expert of the fashion industry in some capacity. But, yeah. I would say that to date, and I've been, I did these spaces for a long time on Fridays and we stopped and we brought Stacky back to, to kind of help us revive this whole thing in the right way. I, I would venture to say this is probably one of the best panels that, that, uh, 
that we've had in a minute. And if we can keep this panel and grow this out from here, um, because there are other thought leaders uh, out there that, that are important, right? Um, and bring them into this conversation and really grow this. Um, to answer your question, Matt, you had the question before, right? Like, what's the actionable item out of this? Like, you know, where's the call to action on this whole thing? And I think what we need to do is um, we need to keep a building this space and then we do need to do something actionable. Um, so whether it is the initiative to actually come together and, and try to um, start a physical space, I mean, it could be a pop-up or anything. Um, I, I think you have the resources and the talent in this room to, to execute on something like that. And it would be meaningful for all of our business. Um, and I call them businesses because um, in my eyes, when it's a tangible good or service, it's a business, it's not a project. Um, so I, I really think there could be a lot of meaningful value there that, that could drive um, not only back to our individual communities, but for the space as a whole, right? So that's the actionable item, Matt, like just keep building this and then actually um, really try to execute on, on something like that. And we should all come together and want to do that um, because we're native to this space. That's the interesting thing that we have. And I know there's big brands listening to us right now and they have been for a long time, um, but we're native to this space in terms of like, we started brands on the blockchain. Um, it's not like a dipping our toe, right? Like we literally planted our flag and said, um, we are pioneers in this and we are gonna grow a brand. And that's not gonna be easy. We're all doing this at a very slow pace and that's that's intentional, right? Because this is just, it's, when you're growing brand, there's no other way to do this the right way. Um, you know, I, I would love to have, you know, went back um, to last, you know, May when literally you just threw the word NFT and, and you know, whatever, that's cool. But where's the brand equity that's really built up in that? And that's that's the whole thing is you saw a lot of people taking it backwards. Like they raised a bunch of money. They're like, hey, what should we do with all of this? Right. They're not business owners. They're not really kind of brand creators. Now, Board Ape emerged from that, obviously, as a leader. And and, and now they're doing really meaningful things. But I just think that um, we we hold all the cards in this room in terms of um, really being able to create something meaningful. Jeremiah, step in here. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, like, I think a lot of people when they're listening to spaces like this, when they're they're not like, like one of the panelists or something they think like oh these are these are the experts of this stuff is still so early that you can be an expert in like three months like there's there's still so much to be done that like you could be just in this space today learning about web3 fashion and then you could be like a multi-millionaire next year like leading some huge project for like a global brand because they're trying to get in the space they need people that are in the trenches every day and you can be that person from them where you're like, yo, I'm here every day. I know all these people. I know all these brands. Like I've seen what works. I see what doesn't work. And then you can help them like navigate the space and you could get yourself a really big position or you might just start your own thing, which is like way harder, but you can also find all these other people that have your complementary skills you need to start a web three fashion brand and do that. And it's like crazy thinking, when I met David, he was still working at a at a Web2 company. It's weird calling it Web2. I feel like it's like a just a company. It's not necessarily, it's like a physical shoe company. So it's like he was doing that. And then we talked about like, oh, it'd be cool if we did a collab at some point with like my project Alien High or like one of the things I'm doing. And then like months later, he ends up, you know, quitting his job, starting, joining this team of this new Web3 shoe company. And then we like did a collab and that all happened from like being on these Twitter spaces and just talking all the time. It's like 
the most important thing is just talking about what you want to do and like what your dream is. And those other people that are in the audience are going to hear you and be like, yo, that guy that's like a graphic designer, like maybe he can do some graphic design for my Web3 fashion company, or maybe you know how to make patterns or maybe you know how to market, whatever it is. I think just telling people like what you know how to do and what you're down to help with. Yeah, man, I just want to piggyback off off that, Jeremiah. That was, that was awesome. Uh, anybody in the audience who comes in these spaces like this, if, if you're in this room, uh, the title is not super diverse. Like it's Fashion Friday, Fashion Futurism, Fashion Tech. Uh, you're probably here for fashion in some way or another. Uh, so if you're down in the listeners and you have any interest or skill set or anything of value to offer, and even if you don't, like all of the companies up here are building and there is room for everybody in this space. So if you're down there just soaking stuff in because you're interested, get in touch with these people. You know, there's all sorts of stuff we're talking about up here. I'm sure you're, you have questions or I'm sure you're curious on what goes on in the back end. Uh, this is the type of space where people here are going to offer this information and be open with it. It's, it's not, you know, a lot of companies in the past per, would protect everything and, and be secretive and, you know, company secrets and stuff like you, that's not what Web3 is all about. So make sure you're getting in touch with these people, knocking on those doors, you know, DMing people, asking questions, commenting, engaging, joining the discords. Make sure especially, my, the, you know, Clubhouse and, and Stacky were great enough to host this space. Everybody who's spoken today and given you some kind of value, um, get involved with them. You know, there, there's there's something great about you know, following big giant accounts on, on Twitter and gaining info, but being able to interact with people directly is what makes the space so powerful. Um, on that same note, uh, just to piggyback Clubhouse, something you said about you, you call it a business. I think the only projects that are going to succeed, and I mean that firmly, the only projects that are going to succeed in this space are the ones that treat it like a business. If you come in here and you're just like willy nilly putting together, you know, a project it's not going to do anything. You're not going to you're not going to succeed. You have to treat it. You have to treat your people like it's a business. Your your investors like it's it's a business. We've seen so much of that, and that's why there's so many scams going on. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> um, I, I will say this about that. It's it's a it is a tougher sled. You have to have thicker skin. Um, and I have a lot of friends in and you know in in the space that. Um, our OGs and have been around and, and they've seen kind of um, they've seen the type of individual that has been created through Web3. And what I mean by that is, you know, the DGen trader um, dominates the space. Right. And and there's nothing wrong with that, but we need to be cognizant of that. So um, if you're going to build in this space in a meaningful way in terms of a business, be prepared um, to have that be more of an uphill battle than, than, you know, running up in a space and getting a lot of hype and speaking in a different language that nobody knows. And, you know, that going to the moon, that's, I'm not, like I said, once again, I, I don't knock those things. I'm invested in plenty of them, trust me. Um, but for the builders, um, just be aware of that, you know, and be ready for that. Because if you go in with a preconceived notion that this thing's going to the moon, um, tomorrow and we're going to do X, get that out of your head. That's not the mentality of a business owner um, in reality. And it shouldn't be the, the mentality of a business owner in, in web three, um, because that's just not, that's not rooted in fundamentals of, of growing a brand um, and creating term brand equity. Dave, David, hop in here. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. I just wanted to add some context. Like, I think that's what what uh, catharsis is, and you just said it's it's a thousand percent true. And I'm four months into it. I thought I worked hard at a normal traditional company my entire professional footwear career life, and no, it is sixteen hours a day, every day, weekends included, in this space. It is it is a nonstop. The, the if you're really trying to build something true and 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 provide value to people. You have to pay attention. Like, I joke with my friends. I'm like, no, one day I'm designing something or one hour I'm designing something. The next day I'm DMing some some random human on Discord and we're having a real, real conversation because they have this question that we've answered 15 other times, but they don't want to read about it. They want it, They want to directly ask you and you have to spend the time to build brick by brick, person by person. And like, that's really like, I think it's fun that way because you're able to build something so true and like person and build these relationships and then you meet people jeremiah mentioned how we met and we wanted to do something in my past life and then we finally got around to it it's going to take you know 17 19 23 tries in order for the right opportunity to come up um but you have to keep putting yourself out there and work like extremely hard in this space more so than a regular 2d or uh, web 2 space um it's just it's ridiculously hard but it's the most rewarding with the nicest humans that i've ever met so all in there um, dude i just matt before you dive in I, i'm sorry i just want to cut in and say i want you to think about this in context right all of the brands that are currently at the top of the food chain they have had what are we talking 100 years some of them some of them more some of them 50 years, some of them 70 years to build a brand name. And they did it in an organic way over time, their own way. And they did it without the internet. We now have the internet in front of us, which not only makes it a whole bunch easier in certain ways, but the competition 10, you know, 7 billion times more intense. So you're going to have to work that hard. You're going to have to put those hours in. Uh, and <laughs> it, it, it's definitely, I, I know exactly your vibe, man, that, that those days they, they get to you, but it's, it's worth it. And it, it, you can see it in what we're producing. Yes. Well, well said, uh, David, I love you, bro. Um, it was so great to meet you. I love you back. I love you. I love you more than my parents, man. <laughs> it was so great. It, it was so great to meet you at VCon. You know, I'm so glad that uh, Javier, you know, my my partner uh, and and founder of PFP World and designer, who is also listening, uh, got us together, and it was love at first sight. And yeah, it's a great point, guys. Like we've been building PFP World for over a year now. Um, we're training artisans that we've worked with uh, for the past ten years to create this new process for us uh, where we could do this one of one luxury product uh, on factory made sneakers that are hand uh, actually handmade sneakers uh, in Portugal. And it's been a journey. And as we know, every week is different in this space. So for anybody building out there, I'm just sending you mad love, mad respect. And if there's anything that I can help you with, any questions you have, uh, please feel free to to contact me, and I uh, hope y'all have a great weekend. And I think uh, I was just talking to Stack, and this we're probably going to look to kind of wind things down. I think we had an incredible space, um, and you know, uh, somebody's posted something a moment ago just about this just being a smart um, as it applies to Web three, and that that's 
that's intentional. Intentional. We want to bring up individuals, and anybody can come up and speak. We're not. By the way, we're not going to gatekeep this uh, space. That's not. That's not how we roll. Um, but but we do want the right kinds of conversations happening in here to push the space forward. Nani, I see your hand. Uh, I'm going to kick it down to you. Um, but that is that is intentional. What's up, Stacky? I was just saying hi to Noni. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Hey, what's up? Go ahead, Noni. Um, I wanted to touch on something that you guys just kind of went over. And Stacky was talking about, well, she tweeted something. And she was talking about the whole thing about decentralization. Um, in reality, that's the whole reason why we're here, I feel. Um I also feel that if people really understood what the full definition of that and what it meant and that you can really individually own, you know, your own self, your own brand, your own content, your own money and be able to have a platform that puts you all over the world. Um, it, it, that's on a whole different level. So it's really just not even just about NFTs. It's not about crypto, but of course it all ties in together, but I don't, I don't really think people fully understand why all these like, you know, web two companies, these major companies um, are so confused. I mean, they might be able to sell out on a project, but they don't have anything that's really successfully running steadily. I mean, I know if I was one of these big companies and I had the money and I could be able to fully decentralize and, and just run my shit on a blockchain and, you know, implement like this new way i mean i would go all for it but they don't know how to do it because they can't they can't be transparent we can um people want to support other people they want to connect so when we use technology it's not like we're trying to be further apart like we're meeting more people through technology than we are in our day-to-day -day life um it, it's what reality is we're able to come from all over the world, come into one place and have like one centered thought and then put it into a plan and run a business the same way that people do when they have business meetings in real life. And then we can put code behind it and we can bring stuff to life with technology. And everybody has that individual right. It's not, I mean, it's freedom of speech. Code is a form of speech whether it's like the AI technology, I mean, all this stuff is like, it's going off of our behavior, our thoughts, who we are. So when good people come together and then they create organizations and then you get things like DAOs and then they develop tokens and then they have all these different services, it's like the same thing when you own your own bank, um, you have like the local clothing store, you know, the, the local grocery store that's owned by, you know, a couple down the street. It's the exact same thing. So I think there's something interesting that you hit on there. That's, I mean, we could open up a whole can of worms. So I, I definitely, we won't get too far down, but when you say code is freedom of speech, we're going to find that out real quick with tornado cash um, and, and everything that's going around with that, because you, you, you hit, you touched a nerve on that and it's like happening right in front of us. So we'll know um, where that, where that's going to fall. Yeah, but at the end of the day, when you funnel any money into fiat, it's over. You already know what's up. Anything that goes through a centralized platform, you're, you're going to have to account for it for whatever rules, laws, and standards are where you're at. You just have to. 
But the whole thing about adoption is for people to understand what's going on with this currency. That's why some of these companies are accepting Bitcoin. Um, and you can buy certain stuff. With, you can do cash up and get Bitcoin. And also, Noni, too, I think it's kind of a transition. I think, you know, because a lot of businesses aren't just going to adopt it, like, right off because we still use this. Everything is still centralized, like, absolutely. Like, every at every level, uh, centralization is, like, pretty much it. You got centralization of businesses, centralization of um, politics, uh, economics, the dollar. You got centralization of banks. You got centralization of insurance companies. I mean, literally, the whole world is centralized. So it's like... You know, uh, I think what we do in cryptocurrencies, we try to decentralize the technology itself first and then kind of work up through layers. So, I mean, I, I think we can get to a point where we're slightly decentralized, but these entities actually pop up for a reason. Certain ones, like, for example, the FDA and uh, certain entities popped up because, OK, your money needs to be insured. And without that, you know, you would lose all your money if the uh, from the banks. But. <sighs> this, it's just a whole process because I went through the, there's a woman called Carol Roth, right? She has a books, books about decentralization in business. But uh, I don't, I don't want to get too much into it because it is eight o'clock and I do want to end this thing on time. But I do have other spaces where we, I have some spaces like super serious about uh, cryptocurrency itself. Uh, we had a, a space on motivation the other day and so I did want to do a space pretty much about what what decentralization is, the layers of it, and why we get into so many arguments about it, because a lot of people come from a different understanding of decentralization. And once we have clear definitions of that, then I think we can understand it as a whole. But, you know, I want to wrap, let me wrap this thing up and we can kind of get get back here on Fashion every Friday. We have Fashion Fridays and it's starting to grow. I'm, I'm going to talk more. Uh, with some of the people up here, most of you guys are VIPs. If you if you get tagged in this post, you are a VIP. I usually pick VIPs by if you have fashion in your bio. So I mean, put fashion in your bio, and hey, you get clicked as a you get uh, to join the VIP crew. But basically, um, you know, we have this thing every Friday. We're going to grow this thing because I do believe, like we said earlier, like when uh when Web three fashion when like actual you know, actual tangible things, right? Because I do believe that this is a community that should be working together for the future, for the future of everything, uh, fashion, right? Because I think this is where it starts. I think this is it because we have the the will to do it. That's why we're here. All the people still here. So building, honestly, right now, because we don't have anything else to do. We'll have nothing to buy, really. But we have time to build and to make something even better than the NFT, right? Because we're talking about whole, Web three, expanding on the NFT, expanding on uh, technology, fashion, fashion technology itself. So, um, yeah, we do this every Friday, uh, five thirty Eastern Standard Time. The only, uh, the only time. <laughs> I'm Tom Bias. I'm sorry, but I will start posting other times for for people just to be fair, because I know I'm terrible at you know calculating time, but. Um, Eastern Standard Time, 5.30, Fashion Fridays. Come join us. We hang out usually, honestly, until 8. We've been hanging out until 8. Uh, I enjoy these conversations because if you ask me, the fashion community is kind of the smartest community. <laughs> Don't judge me if you're not in the fashion community. But anyway, you guys, uh, let's go. We're going to end this thing. I usually play music, but not today because I got to eat. So goodbye, everybody.
Bye.